Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I guess the big story today... Video was going viral showing this black dude in St. Louis very slowly and very casually load up a handgun. At first, it seems like he's got a jam or something. And then he just, over the course of a minute and a half, prepares the weapon and then kills a homeless guy. Now, initially, I was seeing reports that it was a white homeless guy. Some people and I were reporting it was, a, reporting it was a Hispanic homeless guy. I'm not super worried about that necessarily. The big issue is the decay of cities. And now we're seeing these things go viral. That uh, I got to be honest, things like this probably happened in cities a lot over the past several decades, but we're seeing it here and it's kind of waking people up to the societal decay that's happening all around us that this guy was loading up a weapon. No one did anything. Nobody tried to stop him. Just filmed it, filmed it happening. And it's reminiscent of that story we got out of Philly where a dude, let's just say violently assaulted a woman I'm trying to be uh, I'm trying to be family friendly in the first 30 seconds of this show here, the first minute. And everyone just watches as he as he pins her down and has his way with her. The people just watch and film. And that seems to be the way things are going. So we'll talk about that. And then in response to this, we're actually getting more commentary on what's going on with Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert, the context around what he was saying. And now people are reacting. Well, a lot of people are reacting. Elon Musk came to his defense not only saying he's funny and shouldn't be canceled, but that the media is racist against Asians. We'll talk about that. Plus, more close calls with airlines. People are mad at Buttigieg. And a former Obama uh, staffer is saying that Joe Biden's got to go. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work. Click that Join Us button and become a member because we do a live members-only show Monday through Thursday at about 10, 10 p.m. Once the live show wraps up, we then go live again. And we can get some of your comments in for now. We're building a Discord out so that you can chat with us live and even call in to the members-only portion of the show. But as a member, you make all this possible. We're only able to do it because members basically fund the whole operation. We, do, we are ad-supported to a certain degree, but you, you may notice we don't read a whole lot of ads all the time on the podcast side of things a little bit. But uh, it's because we would rather be, have you be the customers than some corporation who's trying to buy access to you being the customer. And that means we're going to try and do right by you and not by some corporation. It also means if they come to us and they say, hey, we don't like you're saying these things, I'll be like, I don't care. You're not our customer. The customer is the viewer who becomes a member at TimCast.com. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about this and a whole lot more, we have Aldo Budazzoni. Thanks so much for having me, man. Appreciate it. Uh, who are you? What do you do? I'm Aldo Budazzoni. I'm a PragerU personality living out in LA, fighting on the uh, the front lines of the culture war, and happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Right on. We also got Hannah Claire Brimlow. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. There you go. And Phil Labonte. What's up? I am uh, Phil Labonte, lead singer for All That Remains, anti-communist and counter-revolutionary, and our homie... 
What's up? I am at surge.com. Hey, Hannah Claire, push that mic a little bit in front of you. I yeah. just never know what to do. Uh, it's all good. I need to no be worries. louder. I need to like yell. I need less. Yeah. We think uh, perfect, perfect. We think that Ian watched my morning show segments and just saw saw how dark everything was today and decided I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go to bed. I'm going to bed. Called up <laughs> Phil and Phil, Phil, you got Phil for me, man. It's I'll too try. it's too much. I can tag in. His you know you know the thing about Ian is that he tries to see the good in people all the time and it's mm-hmm. really difficult to do with this viral story and the things that we have in today's yeah. news. So maybe he just needed he needed a break. Ian is such a gentle, wholesome soul. He is. And He's he, like, I want to pardon re- bad guys, even Stalin. It's he like, really okay, is. Yeah. He, he wants to pardon <laughs> bad guys, the the worst people, and he also believes that the government should be uh, an authoritarian monster because he believes in benevolence and. God, I love him. He's adorable. He's a sweetheart. Quoting Ann Coulter over there. <laughs> I just want to hug you. All right, let's jump into this first story. We got this from TimCast.com. Homeless man executed in broad daylight on St. Louis sidewalk. There's a clip of uh, of what happened just before the shooting. Um, we're not going to play the video. Now, I will say the video doesn't actually show the execution. It shows right up into the point of it. You see the guy slowly loading the weapon. He's like shaking it. And then there's someone narrating behind glass, like watching it happen, being like, hey, you just put a magazine in. It's like, don't you realize what he's about to do? Here's the crazy thing about this story. So apparently they caught the guy, I guess. But the crazy thing is when the dude is about to load the magazine, you know, he has no access to he's not he's unable to use that weapon at that current moment. Nobody wanted to do anything. So we get two things out of this story. For one. I want to make sure I point out stories like this probably happen a lot in big cities. And by a lot, I don't mean like every single day, but frequent enough. I've seen stuff in Chicago that would make your your blood boil. And uh, sometimes people just randomly shoot other people and things like that. This is one of these stories. I think people were shocked by this. The reason the video went viral is not just that you're seeing this, this callous murder, but that no one cares to do anything anymore. Carl Benjamin from the Lotus Eaters podcast says this is a social contract. You don't have to do anything, so why would you? You no longer have to protect anyone else. So I was thinking about this, and just to kick things off, I was thinking about, uh, I did this segment on you know feminism and stuff the other day, about gender roles, and why we have certain cultural traditions, and it's because we want to survive, and sur- uh, we survive better when we're together. That's why a single person out in the middle of the woods might end up dying, but with 10 or 15 people, they can work together and uh, distribute the, the workload and, and end up surviving. But now that we live in this sterile, mechanized, cyborg society, no one knows each other and no one cares. And and it seems like, I guess, the side effect of absolute luxury of humans being able to drink sugar. I mean, just think about how crazy. Look at this. I got I got another Coca-Cola tonight. I don't know why. You can probably tell I'm be talking fast. But we've we've extracted sugars and hyper concentrated. Now we just drink it. And that's something that you don't find in nature for the most part. Maybe fruit juices. But even that you're not getting this much. We have so much luxury. We literally just don't care about anybody else. Back in the day, you're in the middle of the woods. You're like, please, we got to work together. We're going to die. Now it's, dude, we've got so much food in the shelves. You're actually pissing me off. Get away from me. And so when stuff like this happens, people just don't care. But I think it's also like people don't feel a connection to other people in the public. Like what connects us anymore? It's not religion. It's not our ethnicity. It's not our culture. Everyone has their own little cultures. Everyone has their own little groups. And I think when you put everybody together in big cities like this, we are living in a very mistrustful society. Um, This reminds me, this thing we're talking about reminds me of, I used to spend summers out in Montana and we used to buy some of our produce and products from this group of people called the Hutterites. They're like the Amish with a, a little different things. 
And what they would do is they would make their communities. And after it got to a certain size, around 100 people, they would start another little colony because they realized that you cannot feel a connection to somebody when your society gets too big, when their colony gets too big and you're not seeing the person that's working for you, putting food on your table, cleaning your beds, whatever it is, you lose that connection and you lose the, I think the, the humanist instinct to, you know, put yourself out there for other people. And I think that we're seeing that on a large scale in society that nobody feels this connection. Nobody feels this obligation to care about one another. We just, we just don't need so much of it. And, you know, it used to be you did the work you had to do and then other people would do work that would complement your life. So, you know, one guy grows the wheat, another guy cooks it into, bakes it into bread. And then you, you share the guy with the wheat says, okay, I'll give this to you. And he says, okay, I'll, I'll make bread and then we'll share the bread. Now it's just, we have machines doing everything. So it's kind of like, I don't know you. I don't care. You provide nothing for me. You're a threat to my life. And thus we disconnect from each other. And then you see this, the same thing that makes a man sit there and just film another man be killed is the same thing that makes that man kill that other man. But there is just no connection. I, the, I think that the, 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 one of the things that's not that you guys haven't mentioned is the fact that if anyone does help and they, they hurt the guy that's got the gun, they're going to go to jail. Yep. Or the, the state's going to prosecute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can't, why should... There's no incentive to intervene. Yeah, it's like inverse I'm, incentive. Everyone knows that like I'm a gun guy, right? I'm, I'm a, a very pro 2A guy. Like I've got opinions that are as extreme as Tim or ex- more extreme. Um, I carry a gun all the time. Like everyone knows it. If I'm in a place where, you know, I'm not supposed to have a gun and I happen to have a gun, I'm not doing anything. I'm not helping anyone. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a place where I can have a gun and I know that the, that it's an unfriendly district, like in a, a DA, like a DA would prosecute me for, for intervening. I'm not helping. But not only that, even if you're in a place with constitutional carry, you run the risk of civil liability. Absolutely. You'll get sued in some other state or who knows what. Absolutely. Like I, I remember years ago watching videos out of China where this same kind of thing happened, where somebody would get run over or someone get attacked and nobody did anything because the same thing happens that we're talking about is we're, they just say, I don't want to intervene because the liability is too high. And that's... We're, we're still just uh, on, the, on the getting run over thing. I heard that they will kill you if they hit you in the car. The liability is more if you survive than if you die. If they kill you, they go to jail for a few years. If they permanently injure you, they're, they got to pay, pay for your life for the rest of their lives. So what they'll do is they'll get out, look at the person and just run them over, finish them off. The level of apathy that we're seeing in our society is very disheartening. It's not just apathy. It's actively avoiding situations that put you in the crosshairs of the government. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you think this is the negative side effect of the live and let live mentality? No. If you're watching this and you're like, I know something bad's going to happen, but... I, I don't know what the context is. I shouldn't intervene. There might be something like, do we think that we have bred a culture that feels like they are supposed to stay out of everything? I th- Maybe, maybe. But I think that it's uh, when it comes to violence, that we've significantly disincentivized people from acting on behalf of their fellow humans mm-hmm. because the government or, or the government will allow people that are risking their lives to save other people. The government will allow those people's lives to be ruined. Look at Kyle Rittenhouse. 
right? Like you don't, even if you don't like the situation with Kyle and think he shouldn't have been there, et cetera, that doesn't matter. The DA went after him and they're still going after him. Grouse, yeah, they're, they're trying to go after him. The kid that literally had a gun out that he shot in the arm that survived. Who's, who said he wanted to kill Kyle Rittenhouse. Who said, I wish I unloaded in him, told his buddy, they're, and that they're allowing. Reportedly. Yeah, reportedly. Uh, they're allowing that kid to still bring a, a civil suit. Well, the, the risk to reward ratio isn't even worth it. Like you yeah. said, somebody intervenes and they think to themselves, well, if I put my life on, if I risk my life and I do help this guy and he does survive or, and he does get prosecuted, what, he's going to go to jail for a year. He's not, you're not taking a murderer off the street for his entire life. You might get him off the street for a little bit. So the reward isn't there for people. And in St. Louis was at the end of January this year, there was a 17-year-old who pled guilty to shooting at a police officer, and he wasn't even given jail time. He was given less than a year of the social work program. So I mean, the laws just aren't in favor of the law-abiding citizen. It's empowering criminals because they know that they're not going to get prosecuted for, for murder, just about. Remember the McCloskeys? No, tell me about them. The McCloskeys live in St. Louis, and a bunch of Black Lives Matter riders broke the fence to their private community, walked in, and the McCloskeys came out with guns on their own property and said, back off, get away. And the McCloskeys mm. got arrested, had their yeah. guns confiscated, and then ended up having to cut some deal or something. What, what, I think I the governor stepped in on yeah. their behalf yep. and pardoned him or, or, or something and said, you, you know, you decided that they, they weren't going to prosecute. But the DA wanted to prosecute, which is, ex and now in, in St. Louis, this is where this guy gets killed. So the DA prosecuted or tried to prosecute the McCloskeys and then demonstrated you are not in a position to defend yourself or anyone else because ideology. And now you have this example of, of what happens. Uh, obviously one is not led to the other directly, but when you have a, a the, the notion that you cannot defend yourself or others, you don't get people helping out. The McCloskeys got charged with two felony uh, counts of unlawful, unlawful use of a weapon and, weapon and tampering with evidence for ho having guns on their own property. It's ridiculous. I mean, every it's, it's just ridiculous when you have law-abiding citizens who feel fear, fearful for protecting themselves, and it really does empower criminals. And it makes me think about the Michigan State University shooting, because I went to Michigan State University. I graduated last year. I still have friends there. Um, I have loved ones there. I have family that goes there. And that's a gun-free zone. And so, again, that's another example of empowering the criminals while law-abiding citizens do not have the, uh, I guess, just the resources or the, you know, feel the ability to protect themselves. I'm a concealed pistol license holder in the state of Michigan. And I carried almost everywhere I went. The one place I never carried was on campus when I went to school there. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about that and I think about me graduating last year, if I didn't have, a, I wouldn't have had a gun on campus. I couldn't have protected myself or others if I was in that situation. I'm thankful I wasn't, but the fact is, there are three students at MSU that aren't alive that should have been. Um, you know, would that have, would the gun free zone save those people? I don't know. But again, it's about inching away and taking away step by step our rights um, and, and the feeling of our ability to, to, protect ourselves and it's does really the sad. gun free zone make them targets right if Absolutely. i wanted to do something wrong and wanted a place to do it i would go to the place where i knew people weren't armed right, right? if you're already going to commit a crime you don't care if you're in violating uh the gun free zone right and i moved to texas after i graduated and i'll say that i carried every day there it's a open carry state and i've never felt safer i saw people with guns on their hips all the time and i it was a very nice feeling to be quite honest yeah
Cultural decay. I don't know, man. I think your point about the size of community is worth noting. Uh, Andrew Heaton, who does the Political Orphanage podcast, he had an episode that I listened to recently saying, what's the optimum size of community? Because at a certain point, you just don't know people, and therefore you're 300. unable. 300, or is it like 3 million? Because you like whatever. But that is very difficult to govern, right? Like if you had... 300 people? Well, You mean a whole bunch of If we had... Uh, I don't even know how many it would be in America, but hundred thousands of 300 per people community, uh, that would be very difficult to regulate or to coordinate efforts across a state, let alone the, the, a national the, the level. The issue is not so much the size of community. It, it, it is to a certain degree. It's uh, a lack of culture. It's a lack of morals, right? So you can have 20 billion people. And if each and every one of those people f- believed that if they did wrong, they would burn for eternity, then they might not do wrong. However, We've got, we've got people of all different views and all different faiths who do not agree. And some, in fact, believe they are obligated to strike down blasphemers and apostates, in which case you get more because of that, that faith system. I think that if people in this country all had uh, an agreement on, say, like the golden rule, then you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't even need police officers. You wouldn't need police with a billion people if everyone agreed on the morality, but they don't. And some people are predators who want to exploit and harm other people. And so now you've got stuff like this. And I guess you combine the, a growing civilization, more and more people, with the fact that our culture is fragmented and breaking apart and digital media is creating decentralized networks and tribes. It's going to get worse, right? So we used to have with just the five big TV networks, everybody believed the same things. But now with the Internet... Some people watch a show like this. Some people watch other shows. What you're going to end up with is small pockets of different tribes who are just untrusting of, of other groups. And then you get stuff like this, man. Yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, we are, you know, we're, we're human beings and we do have instincts to want to be around people that think like us, that look like us even. Um, and that's why you have when you have homogenous societies, they are very high trust societies. Look at Japan. I mean, it's very homogenous. Everyone looks the same, talks the same, has the same culture. And here in America, we have every ethnicity, we have every religion, we have every type of culture. And as human beings that have that, you know, instinctual need for community and for people that share the same values and um, morals, that becomes difficult when you cram everybody into one city and say, you know, do your thing, like, good luck. And that's why you even see this guy that's been going viral on Twitter recently, this black guy in New York, like he's yelling at, like he's terrorizing the city. so I do think it, him and just yelling at him. So I do think it comes down to shared values, shared religion, you know, shared morals. It's Let's get tough. controversial with it. We have this tweet from Elijah Schaefer that uh, he put up shortly before the show. And it's the image from the execution with Dilbert. And it says, quote, there's no fixing this. And um, obviously it's in jest, but he's making a point about what Scott Adams said. And uh, Scott Adams, uh, the creator of Dilbert, for those aren't familiar, He did a show where he basically was talking about the effects of critical race theory, the effects of the left's racial views. And he was talking about how racial tensions are getting worse and worse the more they fan the flames. And and then he he said, hyperbolically, uh, I might add, and they took it out of context, that he would encourage people to get away. Uh, He would encourage white people to get away from black people. This is what, of course, Elijah Schaefer is pointing to. Here's, Here's why I wanted to bring this up. The first thing I want to say is, because we talked about the Scott Adams things uh, last night, is that 
it seems like after uh, he, if you look at the full context of what he was saying and a later clarification, he did not believe the Rasmussen poll was sound data. He was making a point about if the data were true, and this is what we're seeing with the expansion of CRT, then he's saying, fine, if that's what the left wants, this is the advice you'd have to give to somebody. In fact, Scott Adams was actually saying that he would advise, based on critical race theory and diversity hiring and stuff, a black person to move to an all-white area so that he could get the diversity job because that's the system created by critical race theory. Mm-hmm. So he's actually being very critical of this and was opposing segregation. And it's, uh, But I think he dropped a nuke on the conversation on purpose. The reason why I wanted to highlight Elijah Schaefer's tweet in the context of this uh, execution in, in broad daylight is that whether Elijah is intending to express actual concern or just making a joke, being like, look, this guy, making a meme about it, people are going to feel this way. People are going to see what happens with Scott Adams. They're going to hear what he he says. Then they're going to see this video going viral, and it's like millions of views, and they are going to take it to a racial place. So the the problem I have with what's going on, I mean, first of all, our, our culture is decaying, and it's because of what they're doing in schools, what they're teaching kids. They're teaching them weird cult ideologies about how, you know, minorities can't succeed and things like that, which is generating hatred and animosity. You've got... ABC News, Univision, funding an organization. This is the company I worked at, Fusion, where the editor-in-chief's Twitter profile says, down with whiteness. And I'm like, what do you think happens when you go around telling people to hate each other based on race? The funny thing is, they're mad at Scott Adams about it. You'll get things like this. Again, not, not saying Elijah Schaefer is taking it literally. I think he's, he's memeing and, and being you know edgy on purpose. But there's going to be a lot of people in this country who are going to look at that and say, yes. And that's a function of the left. They've been pushing for segregation in every corner of our society for years. You know, mm-hmm. they call for segregation in schools. They, they create black only dorms in elementary school. They teach kids that America is fundamentally racist. And so for the left then to go and, you know, claim and, uh, you know, that essentially saying that, you know, if this is what you're calling for, then fine. And then calling that that racist, like you can't have it both ways. You can't claim that we should segregate. And then somebody says, OK, and then call them racist for it. They are going to try to have it both ways. They have arguments prepared for people that say that you can't have it both ways. The arguments won't make sense unless you understand their lexicon. They share a vocabulary, but they do not share a dictionary. The things that they say, when you say racist, they will have double meanings, whether it's a position of power uh, and privilege or if it's a whatever prejudice. Fit, whatever, whatever fits their attempt at winning an argument. Yeah. And, and I mean, therefore, they win in chaos. Right. Uh, when people disagree, they thrive. A lot of times it boils down to a fundamental philosophy that is illiberal. They are a lot of times you get consequentialists on the left that believe that whatever they do is okay if the consequences are good. They are they and the the most important point is they are illiberal. The the left has moved beyond liberalism. It is now progressive. So they do they support things like segregation because they believe that present uh, discrimination is what re- fixes past discrimination, and the only thing that will fix present discrimination is future discrimination. These are things that are ubiquitous in the left currently and it's infested paulo freire school programs and the curriculum it's a horrible thing that's going on and we need to get paulo freire's influence out of schools i was thinking about this you know because we are uh 
out here where we are, we're away from the cities. We got local farms. You drive five minutes from here and there's a farm stand with grass-fed organic beef. And the funny thing is they don't call it that. They just call it ground beef. But it's because it's from a farm. The cows ate grass and then they like they didn't put chemicals or anything in it. And I was thinking about that. So I tweeted something, but I'll I'll issue a sort of correction. Here's how I feel. Conservatism is organic grass-fed beef. Not because it's a premium product, because that's literally the way you raise cattle. You let it walk around eating grass. Liberalism, modern, you know, neoliberalism is GMO fed, genetically modified, uh, corn, it's corn fed, genetically modified, cloned beef, mass produced at a low price and available at your local supermarket. And progressive, progressivism is plant based beef with a pH uh, food product available in your, your vegan food aisle. And I, I do feel like, you know, it's a, it's a silly joke, but it does kind of exemplify a lot more than just the meats, the meat argument. Like I was, I, was, we, I was talking to a friend about where they could get, you know, farm fresh meats or whatever. And I thought about it. I'm like, man, if you go to like the, the corporate center, you're going to get corn fed GMO beef or whatever. And if you go to the farm, you're getting the good stuff. But the farmers are all conservative. I thought that was kind of funny. And uh, but, it, but it's, it's, it's everything else. I mean, think about what, what schools are like for your average liberal. It's march and lockstep. It's the it's mechanized the machine. It's the high fructose corn syrup plastic bottle. But then you look at what's happening now with progressivism seeping in, and now it's the crazy gender ideology, CRT, race based everything, and it's 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 crazy because it's 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 imploding on itself in a sense. They claim racism is a problem while actively being racist. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 an amazing paradox. But I guess it's just destroying the foundations of our institutions and ripping the culture apart. It's resulting in people hating each other and fighting, dividing and conquer, I guess. It's feeding racial tension. There's this Gallup poll from 2019, and I hate to bring up another poll. I know no, we don't love them right this week. But uh, in 2019, they found that for the first time since the poll started in 2001, uh, more black Americans are saying race relationships with white people are at an all-time like they're the worst they've ever been they're they're they describe them as the majority of black people 59 percent described race relations with white people as bad but white people didn't have this perception right and this is before everything that happened with george floyd and our very very public discussions of race especially when it comes to white versus black americans this was 2019 it was the year before i think that we've had like you were saying uh conversations about race that actually don't heal communities and don't encourage understanding they pit people against one another and there's no you sort of can't be surprised when with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We have this cartoonist saying like, well, this is where we're headed. Perhaps we should all split up. Take a look at this. Uh, this is a, a, a quote from a news article. It says, Adams is currently embroiled in a public scandal following advice he doled out last week when he told white people to get the hell away from black people, citing a poll that found nearly half of black people are not okay with white people. It's like, okay, well, hold on there. That's not really what the poll said. And Scott Adams said he was being hyperbolic. And he even said he does not think the data from that poll is absolute or sound. And he thinks people should be treated like individuals. But his point was like, 
if there's a poll that tells you half of this group of people doesn't like you, you probably don't want to be around them. I mean, it's, so imagine if you put it the other way and it said the poll said half of white people didn't want to didn't think it was OK to be black. And then someone told black people to, to fear or get away from white people. That's literally what this, the critical race theorists are doing right now. Well, this is literally what the left wants. The, the liberal says that race isn't the most important factor about you. It is the content of your character. The left says, no, actually, your skin color does determine your worth. Your skin color does determine if you will be successful. And it reminds me of the, the Morgan Freeman clip where he says, you know, how do you get rid of racism? Well, you stop talking about it. Or Idris Elba recently came out and he says, I want to stop being known as a black actor. Mm-hmm. I just want to be an actor. And then today, this clip going viral of Issa Rae saying that, you know, I'm rooting for black. I'm just supporting anybody who's black that's winning. And it's crazy that today we still have to point out that you are not valuable based on your immutable characteristics, that it is your abilities. It is your talents. It is the work you put in. But the left doesn't want that. They want you to be constrained and confined by your immutable characteristics because then they can control you by them. Happy and content people do not uh, engage in revolutionary activities, period. They they don't. the, The left desires a revolution because they are illiberal. They don't like the principles that this country was founded on, the liberal principles that this country was founded on. They want a revolution. So the more people that are unhappy and dissatisfied with their lives, the better for the left, period. That's the way that it is because you don't get revolutionaries from content, happy, satisfied people. If your society is is mostly happy and most people are satisfied and most people feel good and have hope for the future, you don't get revolution. Why risk it? Why why risk the good things you have going? Mm-hmm. Right now, what they have to do is convince people that things are bad. So I saw this viral video of some kid and he's like, I live with my parents and my girlfriend because I can't afford rent. Because to even get some place to live, like a studio or one bedroom, was like a thousand bucks per person. That's insane. How can anyone afford that? Right. Make sure that people can't afford to live and you guarantee yourself a revolution. So maybe that's why they're building bunkers in New Zealand, because they're preparing for something that uh, I guess we can all see coming and probably should prepare for too. I mean, I don't want to talk about the possibility of like crazy international globalists creating oh, a nuclear war to kill off mo- a bunch of people. I didn't say anything about that. I, I, I'm talking about economic crisis in which you get socialism. And so they have ranches in New Zealand. But these, this, this is literally what's happening. The wealthiest people in the world are building these properties in New Zealand. Having bought citizenship there. Having bought citizenship there and other places like St. Kitts and Nevis, you can buy citizenship mm-hmm. there. And then you're looking at all the failed policy brought about by the Democrats and the, the, the establishment Republicans, which result in 2000 bucks for a studio apartment a person can't afford. Then you get a bunch of young people saying, this is the worst it's ever been. The system is impossible. What am I supposed to do? And then along comes a Marxist saying, hey, agree with me. And then we'll take it from everybody. And they say, sure, why not? Yeah. I can't get it anyway. So that's literally happening. Whether intentional or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, th- I think one of the, the interesting things about all conspiracy theories is that if a thing is happening and then someone comes out and says, I believe thing happening is the result of a person wanting it to happen. They say, yeah, you're a conspiracy theorist. But you then come out and be like, I got no idea why, but things happening. And well, is that a conspiracy? No, I never said anybody was doing it on purpose. Like, like population reduction. How about this? How about we're seeing across the, around the world, countries are, are seeing their populations decline. You've got people in the United States sterilizing their kids, aborting their kids, or just outright advocating not to have kids because of climate change. It's happening. 
Climate reduction, uh, I'm sorry, uh, um, population reduction is literally happening. Now, the question is, can you prove an individual or individuals have been implementing these policies with the intention specifically of reducing population? Well, the answer there is yes. Not all of it. I'm not saying every single instance of every single uh, act that reduces population. I'm saying Bill Gates goes on stage and says, we have to reduce population. So the funny thing is, this is a conspiracy theory that powerful elites have advocated for and talked about incessantly that there are too many people since what, the 70s, the Malthusianism or whatever. And then you've got Klaus Schwab, you've got Bill Gates, you've got these powerful global elites saying, here are the things we're going to do to reduce population growth. Then you start seeing policies implemented that reduce population growth. Okay, fine. I'm not saying young women are being encouraged to get abortions because Bill Gates is funding super PACs or anything like that. I'm just saying sure is great for him that the thing he wants to happen is happening. You know, so it happens. People want it to happen. There you go. That's that's as far as I'll go with it. Yeah, I I actually just got done finishing um, filming a uh, documentary with Prager University about masculinity. And one of the people that I interviewed was John Gray. He wrote the book, uh, Boys Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And he talked about this one experiment. I, I forget the name of it. It was like this rat experiment. But he essentially related it to the breakdown of the gender roles. And when you talk about depopulation, you know, he he talked about this. That how The Red the, Utopia experiment? Maybe. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we we'll um, talked about that one a bit. Yeah, and so, you know, and, and the breakdown of the gender roles and how men and women aren't interacting as much. There was recently this Pew Research poll that showed that men aren't dating anymore. Women are, you know, the dating and women are down. But, you know, he talked about how our homosexual population is also growing and how that's contributing to depopulation. So I don't know to what scale, but I thought that was interesting what John Gray brought up. Well, um, this is interesting because uh, we've talked about, it's like the mouse utopia or the rat utopia experiment. Basically, this dude put a bunch of mice in this big in this big space and gave them all, all the food and water they could want and then just left. Like, mm-hmm. there you go. Utopia. Everything you'd ever want. And eventually, they their, their society broke down. Some became aggressive. Some stopped procreating. There, there were some. They were called the beautiful ones. It, uh, Shane Cashman wrote about this. Beautiful ones of Universe 25. That they would just groom themselves all day and mm-hmm. just make themselves look prettier and prettier. But they won't mate. They're just obsessed right. with themselves. They won't mate, but the male rats will still have sex. Well, they would they would like all cluster in one room together like their their social order broke down. They just stopped functioning properly. And then eventually they all died. And uh, it sounds a lot like what we're seeing now. Like there is a there is a limit to live and let live, I guess. Like obviously fascism is bad. Okay, people need to have freedom and leeway to live their lives and be productive. But then if you get to the point where you're like, you literally don't care that adult entertainers are putting on children's shows like adult entertainment for kids is bad, obviously. But the left, the liberals, they're cheering for it. It's like, OK, I think we're entering the rat utopia phase where our society ceases to exist. I guess the difference is we have we can see it and we know the results of these experiments. So I think worst case scenario, society breaks down completely. People become aggressive and start killing each other, which kind of seems like it's happening. And then preppers who are active, pay attention and read, build bunkers, ranches, mm-hmm. and then humans are just, they end up fine in the long run. Yeah. We, we get through I think, this. I think you see people withdraw from society, right? I mean, you, you talk about this all the time, leaving cities. We know a lot of people who switched homeschooling during the pandemic. They decide that they don't want to be a part of the society. So they sort of, as much as possible, withdraw, especially, it's not, it's not totally possible. You still use the grocery store. Your kids still have friends who go to public school, that kind of stuff. But they actively choose to try and put distance between them and what are signs of society's collapse. 
Yeah, well, it's it's what you said, uh, Tim, about in the beginning about having everything and the convenience culture has evolved to the point where we don't need human relationships. We have everything we need. You know, we, we don't need, you know, relationships to gratify our sexual urges, which is very innate in us. We have pornography. We don't need to make our own food. We have Uber Eats and we just have grocery stores where we pick it off the shelves. Mm-hmm. We don't have danger to make us need physical fitness and endurance and, you know, fighting off dangers. We literally don't need each other anymore. And that is killing us, dude. You want to hear something really crazy? I make millions of dollars complaining about bullshit on the internet. And I I am astounded every single day because I I grew up in a way, I grew up in a place where it was like, if you don't work, you don't eat. And I'm in the city. It's like, I I, I would play guitar in the subway when I'm basically borderline homeless because I'm like, I'm going to find a way to make money. Otherwise, I'm not eating. And that's what you had to do. And now I'm at a point where it's like, turn the camera on, complain, people listen, and you make money doing it. I'm not saying that to be self-deprecating for the most part. I'm saying there isn't, we have, we have as a society gotten to the point where there are people who don't actually work and they live like kings. This is the craziest thing. Like we're all kings now. This is not, this is not feasible in the long run. It is not a viable way for human society to function that right now there are people whose hands are covered in, in, or their hands are calloused. And every day they're lifting things, they're constructing things, and they make substantially less than a BuzzFeed writer. There is a person who works at BuzzFeed. Well, not anymore. They're replacing it with AI, <laughs> which is going to get every, even worse, I guess. Or maybe, maybe better. Maybe people will be forced to start working again. But there are people who work in the corporate press who show up to work in the morning and they're like, oh, what should we do today? Um, you can call Trump a Nazi. And they're like, okay, I'll do that. And then they make $90,000 a year. Meanwhile, people at home listening are like, I drove a car around for 12 hours, you know, uh, doing deliveries, and I made 50 to 100 bucks. How can a society function when you have a class of, when you have working class, actual working class people who work, and then you have the elite ruling class and corporate press that do nothing and extract 10 times the value from the system? Now, that is a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. That, that can't sustain itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about animosity, like that, that'll fuel animosity, Tim. Um, and I think that some of the things we mentioned aren't accessible to the people who are making, you know, 50 to $100 a day. The BuzzFeed writer can spend all day on the internet and can get Uber Eats and whatever else. But if you live in a rural community and you don't have the budget for that, you are forced to interact with your your neighbors and your world a little bit more. And I think that is one of the reasons it's so separate. I know I mentioned a couple times, but the CDC released their youth behavior study and they found basically that teenage girls are really unhappy. The majority of teenage girls are very sad, very unhappy. Who are the most social creatures naturally on earth? Teenage girls, they look for community. All they want to do is talk to friends, but their society more and more is digital, right? Teens are on their phones phones, they're interacting on Snapchat, they are looking for gratification through likes on Instagram as opposed to in-person accomplishments. We are leading them into their own destruction and we're just saying, no, it's great because we have comfort now and it's so nice, the internet. I think it's I think it's funny that it's I think it's funny that it's the wealthy trust fund lefties that think they're the oppressed working class. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like that viral video out of uh, I think it was Seattle where a bunch of anti-Amazon protesters are, you know, leftists are protesting. And then the actual Amazon workers show up in hard hats and like vests and they start shouting them down. That's like the actual working class guy is like a 35 year old white dude named John who voted for Trump, not a, you know, 30 year old hipster named Devlin who, you know, took feminist basket weaving at college. Mm-hmm. But they think they're working class and they live in cities. Their lives are funded by this is the craziest thing to me about how the system works. 
college loans. Right now, everyone's screaming like, Joe Biden, pay off our loans. Oh, no, the, the loan forgiveness. And you've got these these protesters, these unions, and they're screaming, being like, they need to forgive student loans. And I'm like, it's just mm-hmm. crazy to me that these hipster leftist types literally do no work, get free money from these institutions, then demand everyone else eat the cost and pay for their entitled lives. Mm-hmm. And there's a dude out there right now who's listening to this show at work, lifting a heavy box and his back hurts. And he's thinking, yep, that's but that the, the thing is, they don't think that they're the working class. They're they're Leninists and they think that they're the vanguard. They think <laughs> they they really do. They they're Marxist Leninists. That's where that's Yo. the basis of their their opinion. They're the ones that are the the bourgeois. They're the bourgeois, yeah. Yeah, they're the bourgeois that are gonna. They're the bourgeois pro, that are gonna that are gonna sweep the proletariat through the revolution into the new society, into the social society. That's exactly what they think. Everyone that's that's at Media Matters thinks that they're a a, a, a member of the vanguard. I, I they're all gonna get the bullet if they get what they want because that's what True. the commies do. True. Oh but, yeah, the, the the communists purged the intelligentsia that fomented the revolution in the first place. Right. Yeah, liberals so, get the bullet too, so they're done. But, but but the communists know who's a real risk: the working class guy or the revolutionary. The revolutionary. Yeah. So once the revolution happens, the revolutionaries turn on each other. Mm-hmm. But I got an idea. Here's what we should do: we should do one of those like panel discussions that you see on the internet every so often, where they'll get like you know two layers of chairs. And then have people all sit there and like a person asking all questions. And I just want to get like working class union guys from Western Maryland and West Virginia and then college hipster leftists. And then just be like, let me ask you guys some questions. Who did you vote for? And then watch all the working class guys be like, oh, yeah, I work in a factory. I I work in a steel mill. I voted for Trump. And then the college student's going to be like, but you're working class. Why are you voting for Trump? I voted for Biden. It's like, you have no idea our problems, dude. But this mm-hmm. this is the funda- fundamental difference between the left and the right. The left, base, the, the left bases their life around rights, where the right bases their life around obligations. And that's what the left does, is they say, you have all of these rights, and if you vote for me, I will give them to you. And the right thinks, I don't have rights. The only rights I have is the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I have an obligation to my family. I have an obligation to God. I have an obligation to my country. I would say the left promises entitlements. They would say things like, you deserve this. This is yours. But they frame it as rights. They, they yeah. You have a right healthcare. to healthcare. You have a right to food. You have a right to this That's, wage. You have a right to everything. A hundred years ago, we we only had those three rights. The right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The re- and you needed to build. You needed to farm. You needed to fight. And because we don't have the need to do all those things, they can come up with all these rights. And then again, say... You have these rights, and if you vote for me, I will give them to you. I will, I will give you all of your desires. But Just that's vote for me. That again comes back to the fact that they're not liberals. They're they're progressives. They believe that they don't believe in rights at all. They don't believe in in. It's just jargon rights. to them. It's it, the rights are what the government gives to people, and I, that's all they I, believe. I just part of me really would love it if the system just stopped for one month. Just one month. But but I know the reality is a lot of people would die. And I don't want that to happen. I just want these purple hair, shaved head leftists who cry because someone misgendered them. I just want them to understand a little bit what hard work really is and how hard life really is for other people. Because while these people are at Starbucks crying because someone misgendered them, there is a 12-year-old kid mining cobalt with his teeth falling out of his face Mm -hmm. who's doing the work to make sure they can have their espresso machine. Mm -hmm. And they have no idea. They are, these people 
exemplify Capital City and the Hunger Games so perfectly. They don't realize that they watch these movies and they're like, I'm Katniss. It's like, no, no, you're that (laughs) Capital City crazy haired lady drinking Ipecac and barfing to eat more food at your party, not realizing other people are being beaten and enslaved so they can sustain your way of life. I think that there are other people too, even in these colleges. One of my good friends growing up or that I went to high school with put himself through college while working as an EMT full time and he got his degree and he kept going. Like he's one of the hardest working people I know. And I think if anyone in his college had been like, I'm working class too, he would have laughed, but he wouldn't have said anything because what he doesn't need to prove himself to them. I think that the people who have never been asked to consider, like they, you know, they take on student loan debt knowing that someone in their family will be able to help them pay it off or they don't need to think about it. They are resigned to not being responsible to, for the consequences of their actions. And then when eventually they are at, they're put in a position where they have to act with responsibility or to meet their obligations, they don't want to do it anymore. This is, this is the problem, though. There's a, there, probably conservative types with calloused hands sit there with a smile on their face, looking at the hippie liberal being like, if only they knew, man, a whiny little, you know, whiny little bitches. And they don't say anything. And it's because they're hardened and they're not phased by the complaints of these people. But the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So these lunatic leftists go around smashing things and screaming. And then feckless politicians are like, just give them whatever they want. They're yelling in my ears. Yeah. I saw a TikTok. I saw a TikTok the other day. Some kid was literally saying, why do I have to work just to live? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And I'm like... I used to no I just kidding, ox- really? Oxidization. That's what I say. Oxidization. I'll try and get it to the root for you, dude. Yeah. It's called entropy. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Your body is, is, is ceasing to exist without being sustained by energy. And you have to get it from somewhere. Ain't nobody going to do it for you. It's amazing that people think that. There it's- was a meme that went around for a while that was like, I blame my parents for this. I didn't ask to be born. So I don't. Oh. I didn't ask to like pay for all this. And you want to be like, so you'd rather be dead? Like, what, That's what why are you for saying? Abortion. Yeah, they are for abortion. They're also saying that like they should never have to assume responsibility, right? Like life is a gift and being able to live life on earth is something, is a blessing. And so therefore like, don't look at your parents and be like, how could you do this to me? How could you bring me on, like, into this world? Be grateful and become mature and accept your responsibilities in life. I forget, me, the, no, go ahead, go ahead. I forget the philosopher's name, but he's, like, this is not some kind of new thing. The, the, there was a philosopher hundreds of years ago talking about the flungness mm-hmm. of existence, the, the, the way that you kind of just are tossed into reality. Like That's part of the human condition. Shut the hell up and quit whining. No, it, it pisses me off when I go online and I see people my age and they're like, oh, I had such a hard day at school. Like, I just need to unwind. It's like, what do you mean unwind? You read books for six hours. Mm-hmm. Unwind for what? Can you imagine like talking to a, a 50 year old guy that's been working on the docks in the 60s? He comes home and he, you're like, how was your day? Like, how are you feeling? He'd look at you and he'd go, what do you mean? How am I feeling? Mm-hmm. I need to put food on the table. What do you mean? I got to get up in eight hours. Are you yeah. kidding me? But we have this sense of entitlement in my generation that, yeah, you need to have your relaxation time. You need to have your vacation time. You need to have a little cookie at the end of your meal. You need a little sweetness. It's like, no, no, no. You have obligations to, again, your God, country, and your family. And the left has stripped all those things away and said, you have all these rights. You are, the government is your daddy. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it's left everybody sad, depressed, anxious, like obligation and working for people outside of yourself, working for a higher power, working for things, anything outside of yourself. That's what gives you fulfillment. That's what gives you gratitude. That's what gives you a meaningful life. I want to jump to this story from the Daily Mail. New York teacher manipulated fifth grade student into changing gender without parents' consent, which drove her to consider suicide lawsuit claims. It was only after the girl nine drew suicidal images that her parents found out. Teacher Deborah Rosenquist was calling her Leo and using he him pronouns. Superintendent Jennifer J. Quinn and Terryville Road Elementary School principal Anna Marie V. Skiov, Skiov admitted they knew about Rosenquist's antics. So we'll just uh, look at this. I mean, just one weird. Whoa, I'm so surprised of my lungs. Aren't you surprised that that's what she looks like, you guys? But think about this. There there is a there is a little girl who knows and believes she is a little girl. And the teacher keeps saying, no, you're a boy. and Your name is Leo, causing such distress that the nine year old contemplated suicide. Mm -hmm. It's almost like these people are demonic. And I say that figuratively, not literally. I don't believe in demons. I just don't think. Well, I guess you can call should, some things demons. I just don't think adults should have secrets with a nine-year-old from their parents, right? The fact that she's not saying like, "Hey, your kid is expressing some confusion about their gender or whatever." Like, if that happened in your classroom, go immediately to their parents. You're an adult. You shouldn't have secrets with children. One hundred percent. It's so obvious. I just don't understand. Like, like, why is this even a question? And then this idea that like, oh, well, their parents wouldn't be accepting. Well, maybe it's because they're nine and you're a stranger. And you don't have any right to tell a kid what they're, what, you know, like you said, if it will be accepting or not. That is for the family. They have whatever beliefs they have. That is for the child and the parent. But today, children have become the vehicles and the medium for people to project their social and political views onto. And then that way they can use kids in any example to say, well, what about the kids? Mm -hmm. If you don't affirm their gender, then they're going to commit suicide. If you don't let me take them to a drag show, then they're going to commit suicide. And it's like, no, no, no. That is for the parent to decide. You do not get a relationship with that kid outside of what the parent is doing. And that is the definition of grooming. You always get these claims. I get them all the time. Oh, we're not groomers. You're calling everyone a groomer. If you're doing anything to lead a child down a path that goes against what the parent is teaching, you are grooming them. Whether it's sexual, political, whatever it is, that is the definition of grooming. Mm-hmm. Well, and then also, how, how, who else would we bring to these hearings, right? I remember listening to Public Radio in West Virginia when they had one of their... Uh, like, can you give hormones to underage children? And they're like, just listen to this brave testimony from a 12-year-old who identifies as transgender. You want to be like, this person is 12. They shouldn't be here. Why are they the political tool of essentially the pharmaceutical industry and their messed up parents and teachers? Like, this is crazy. Somebody posted, uh, I think in like Massachusetts, they have an anti-sterilization law that says that any doctor that performs a medical procedure that sterilizes a child is guilty of a felony. Mm-hmm. I think it was Massachusetts. And that, they're just like, how come not, this is not being prosecuted? Like, how come they're not going after people who are doing this? That so. seems like one of the most obvious things that, that you can imagine. Like, if a doctor performs a, 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 a surgery or whatever on a child without the parent's uh, consent, uh, I, they must be I think even I, meets I with them. Even... There are some high schools in California that have Planned Parenthoods attached to them or they're, like, on campus. And they'll offer, you know— referrals for birth control they can't prescribe there but they'll also offer referrals for hormone therapy or any kind of like transgender issue you may have 
why? Why would you not want to be involved in what's going on with your minor, right? I understand if that person is 18, they're an adult and that's a different argument, but schools shouldn't be facilitating private conversations with adults without the parents' presence. That seems so obvious. And yet we just abandon this principle all the time. You, I mean, the, we're, yeah, you're right. It's obvious. Well, they're introducing a bill in Florida right now that would make businesses who offer uh, payment for gender gender affirming care to their employees to be responsible for the detransition cost if there is regret. Um, this was a bill that was introduced, I think, a couple weeks ago. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Because I can imagine that businesses are going to say, wait, hold on. If they regret this, if I offer them surgery, they do something that they regret, and I will be liable for their detransition hormones or surgery or whatever, I may not want to take that risk. And it'll be really interesting to see how businesses respond to this. I just think that they'll they'll say, yeah, we'll do that because we don't think that many people will, uh, will detransition. I think that we as a society not we in this room, but generally people are not willing to acknowledge the risks that are, like you were bringing up uh, steriliz sterilization laws in Massachusetts. They're not enforcing it because they're not saying it's definitely for sure gonna sterilize you. There's a chance it might, I mean, the studies are pretty clear on what the consequences of some of these uh, interventionist, hor either hormonal or surgical treatments are for people who identify as transgender. But there's enough gray area where they're skating by saying like, well, but maybe it's helping because they're depressed or whatever else. Like this is going to be, it's going to get worse before it gets better, right? Because the data is living in this gray area. Even though common sense tells us one thing, we have enough uh, ambiguity in the medical science to deny it. Well, if, how there, if there's anything that made me believe in possession by demons, it's stuff like this. Like the weird cult-like behavior that we've seen from the woke left, the inability to process information, and the rejection of fact. Now, maybe it's not demons. It's just that some people can get put in a cult-like trance, but it sure does feel like demonic possession, it's doesn't not, it? It's not supernatural, but it's probably what people were describing when they started calling people demonically possessed like the behaviors were the same when they like as they were trying to figure these things out you might well call them psychotic nowadays or whatever but like when you say evil there are behaviors that people can engage in that will qualify them as evil because they fit the definition. The word has a definition. If you engage in these activities, you are evil. There are things that you can do that are demonic that qualify as a definition. That doesn't mean that there's actually like supernatural, like 10th dimension demons living in your brain. That'd be cool though if like there were, you know, like interdimensional <laughs> beings. And I don't mean like Only demons from other dimensions. I mean demons in between the dimensions, you know, like in between realities and the twisting now that the demons come out and, you know, they do their thing. I call it what you want. I think it's semantics. But, you know, if there was a word for it, uh, grooming minors into the radical left's gender ideology that has them chemically castrate and generally mutilate themselves. Evil. That would be it. Evil. Yeah. I feel like it's sad because they just prey on parents who are scared, right? If I told you your kid is suicidal and if you don't do this one thing, they'll die. I mean, it, there are a lot of parents who would be like, I'll do anything to keep my kid alive. But the right? issue is the kids are suicidal because of the teachers. Exactly. But that's what they say. Um, li listen to how predatory this is. They say to the parents, would you rather have a boy daughter or a dead daughter? Imagine a as a parent, daughter. a trans daughter, yeah, when they're going in for these, these gender surgeries mm -hmm. and their, their consultations, they tell the parents, would you rather have a boy, that's a girl, 
or would you have a would you rather have a dead daughter? Mm -hmm. Think about that as a parent. Think about a medical professional that you should have some trust in saying you either have to medically chemically castrate your child and give them these these drugs or they will kill themselves. Yeah. That is predatory. And lay on top yes. of that, well, and you didn't know they were going through this and the teacher had to tell you, which means your kid doesn't feel comfortable with you. Like it's just guilt trip after abusive guilt trip. I feel sad for the parents. Hopefully you have enough common sense not to do this. I don't feel bad for the parents who are like, no, this is a good idea. Let me bring my child to political rallies and prop them up as a representation of what a good woke parent I am. But I do think that there is at some core, you know, I think a lot of parents are scared and they want to do the right thing. And I think the fact that this industry is preying on that, because that's what it is, it's an industry, is just disgusting. And I, I, I can't believe that this wouldn't be an obvious point where we unite as a culture and say, this is bad. But apparently we can't, which is mind boggling. It is an industry. You trans a child, you have a patient for life. And that's a lot of money. Yes. There's, there's, there's a lot of things that are actually lining up that, that are, have a, a certain synergy. Mm -hmm. So you've got the financial incentive from hospitals. You've got the ide ideologically possessed uh, people that are looking to actually mess up society. Mm -hmm. They want a re their ideological and want a revolution. You undermine the structure of the family. Exactly, exactly. And then you've also got a lot of a lot of your default Democrats, right? Your your knee jerk. I want to vote to be nice people, which is the majority of the Democrat Party, right? The the people that are actually the thought leaders are are the ones that are probably, you know, the the committed leftists. Your average foot soldier for lack of a better term is a is a soccer mom that just wants to do what's right for her kids mm -hmm. and wants to like not make waves at the PTA meeting too much because she wants everyone to get along yeah. because they might bump into each other at the Starbucks on Tuesday. You know, it's it's that stuff really has an effect on people. So the motivation or the the incentive doesn't have to be some cabal that's handing out uh you know q drops or whatever it it can be just the common uh general narrative that people are believing and people trying to do what they think is the right thing yeah i i think it's terrible to put children at the center of this and i think that's why the left is so willing to do it right because i think there are so many people who are compassionate. They realize that children don't aren't able to advocate for themselves fully, and they are ultimately, um, you know, a lot of our law looks at them as basically the possessions of their parents, which they are in a lot of respect, even though they have they are people with rights, uh, and they know that basically you get a two for one voter, right? So if you get the parent to support you and the kid goes through it, they're probably also going to support your cause. It's it's mass recruiting people to your side of the line, and that's terrifying because it has intense real consequences for those involved you know that saying missouri loves company <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've heard something like that yeah might have been a little different it is kind of weird that when people are are living in a self-induced state Sorry, of misery, just thinking about it, they like want you to live in it as well you know what i mean They'll, they they crabs in a bucket crabs in a barrel they don't want you getting out. They want you to suffer if they have to suffer. Yeah, well, have you ever met, like, have you ever had a friend that they base their entire personality around problems that they have? And them, like, these are problems that are so fixable. They would be so easy to fix, but they get more out of having the problem and the attention that they receive yeah. from it yeah. than they would if they just fix the Bunch problem. And you have these you have these groups that they, they bond over their problems. And then it's like when people fix them and they leave the group, they're, they're demonized, right? Mm -hmm. They're... 
So it's weird. And that's what you're seeing, I think, on a, on a societal scale that when you have a victim class, it's easy to control. It's easy to feel good about yourself. There's no self-accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no self-work that you have to do. If you're a victim, then you will always have someone to blame and you will never have to fix your problems. Yeah. I think there are people that are so negative that just complain about everything and that person's not doing the right thing by them or whatever else. And you walk away feeling negative and you just don't want to hang out with them again for a while. And I think we're seeing this on a mass scale, right? So if you're a young person in society and all of your friends are upset about something and then you open Twitter and everything's everyone's complaining and fighting and then you look at the news and everything is bad, like how could you not start to feel just totally blackpilled? Let's jump to this story we got from Yahoo News. It's actually syndicated from the National Review. San Francisco Reparations Committee Chairman admits no math formula behind a $5 million payout plan. That's right. They're going to write a $5 million check to each black resident, and they didn't use a mathematical formula to determine that. They just decided that's that's the number, I guess, plus like a lifetime guarantee of revenue. But uh, although you're just mentioning that people build communities and personalities around grievances. And I have to wonder if one of the reasons we're never actually going to see reparations is because these political groups need it as as a, as a political cudgel, as a tool to win power. Yeah, no, I, I agree. This plan is going to cost billions of dollars. Like this plan, San Francisco, it's like I think twice the budget of like the city budget. Like they cannot afford it, and they're like, it doesn't matter. We'll just say yes and figure it out later. It's crazy that they that like they haven't figured it out yet. That they are political pawns until the end of time. If they keep saying, well, we're going to give you this because you're black. We're going to give you this if, if your ancestors were slaves. It's like what if your ancestors, certain- what if your ancestors were slave owners? Do you? <laughs> I don't know. My family came over later, so don't look at me. Well, because Angela Davis is descended from the Mayflower. I love this story. But I mean, it's like, look, a lot of people on the right are like, Angela Davis, she's like like a Black Panther, right? She was, yeah, she committed communist. The Communist Party in America was not radical enough for her, so she quit. But like, the the thing is, you know, these people, like, y'all do realize the reason she's descended from people from the Mayflower is not because she's like the heir to the Mayflower family. It's because the slave owners probably raped her ancestors and like had kids. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, you know, a daughter in the Mayflower family fell in love with a black man and they decided to defy the law and miscegenation and, and have kids. It was probably a slave woman being raped by a slave owner or something like that. So it's like, it's not like, you know, when, when people are making fun of her, I'm like, eh, it's kind of a bad thing. But my question then becomes, she's still the descendants of slave owners, right? Like, how does that work? Well, it doesn't matter because they'll still claim that, well, your skin color still made it so that the social, you know, the, the social interactions, you know, you were still discriminated against, even though the, these were your descendants. But, yeah, it does go back to that that community of, of victimhood. And you could see it on her face when she was told, oh, your ancestors came on the Mayflower. She was like, oh, no, yeah. this is too much. Like, this is horrible. It's like you should probably get a get a 23andMe or an Ancestry.com before you start making your entire career and your t- entire personality predicated on the idea that you were a victim. To be fair, she was doing this in the 60s. This was a little before they, they, they <laughs> sequenced the genome. Um, I just want to say that this is probably Scott Adams approved. The reparations? Yeah, because well, it, black people are going to go like mad to San Francisco. Um, Scott Adams said in that video where they called him racist, he said he was in favor of affirmative action and diversity programs and stuff like that. So it's just like they really did cut the context of Absolutely. what he was saying because he Absolutely. was like, I support these things. Like, you know, I, I yeah, 
But anyway. Well, the San Francisco one is crazy because there are qualifications. It can't just be anyone, right? So you have to have been in the city between uh, 1940 and 1996. The, or you have to been have been, like, if you've gone. Yeah. If you've been, if you were born between 1940 and 1996 or were resident there for at least 13 years, if you've migrated there from a different country between 1940 and 1996, you also, like, can have been personally years? affected. I'm not sure. I couldn't it's, get an explanation out of the document I read because they proposed this a couple months ago. And at the time... This, this program is going to cost $50 billion. So what I think is crazy is they're saying, like a couple of the other things, like if you've been affected by the war on drugs, you ha- you meet one of the two uh, of eight criteria that need to. I got to compromise. Take the $50 billion from one of these woke big tech companies, Facebook or something. Take $50 billion, $50 billion from them and then give out reparations. I would, I would accept those terms. No, it will never end, though. They'll get reparations, and it's, it's, it's never ending. Yeah, I mean, my point, though, is I don't care. It destroys Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, whatever. No, Fair this enough. makes me think, We'll keep though, doing it. We'll be like, uh, oh, no, we got to get more reparations. Oh, what's, what's that, Google? Oh, geez, going to have to take money from you next. Oh, what's that, Pfizer? But maybe they should, right? Because if you're Rock saying, Vanguard. like, uh, black Americans in San Francisco have been disproportionately affected by a lot of things, and they now can't afford housing here, well, who drove up housing in San Francisco? San Francisco's already expensive, but tech industry did so maybe google and facebook should contribute to this fund yeah but what i think is crazy is that they're saying like yeah we'll say yes because they know they'll possibly get elected off of it it's never going to happen there's no way they have 50 billion dollars to fund this program they're just going to say but we're the ones who voted in favor of reparations so elect me again i mean you guys bring up interesting points but you fail to consider what these tech engineers will eat for lunch if they give away all this money how will they get their steak lunches how will they get their wine on tap tim that is true. Come on. I know. That, that that keeps me up at night sometimes. We'll have to pay them reparations. I'm imagining some 22-year-old fresh out of college, you know, crying because the wine on tap stopped running. Uh, I think that really we shouldn't harm the tech industry. We should just rob all of middle America to pay for San Francisco's reparation program. Yeah. No, I... Uh, <laughs> so I'm you confused. agree? There's a lot going on here. Sorry. Uh yeah, no, this reminds me, I went, I did a man on the street in San Francisco a couple months back when they were doing their reparations program, quote unquote, for trans people in San Francisco that said, if you're trans, you were negatively affected by the social ills and the d- discrimination against transgenders. And so they were giving out money. What was it? It was like $1,300 a month for mm-hmm. up to 18 months. You're getting paid just to be you. Yeah. The weirdest thing about the reparations in California is that California was never a slave state. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I don't understand what, they, what, are the, what is California paying for? They're just to prove that they are the most sorry. That they it's are fake. The most it's completely fake. It's totally fake and it can't happen. So if you're a black American in San Francisco who really thinks like, maybe I will make some money off of this, like you're being lied to. And they're okay with that because it scores them essentially cheap political points. Five million dollars per person. I mean... If you can identify as trans, can I identify as black and move to San Francisco? No, yes. Can't. You have to, it says here, you have to have identified as black or African American on public documents for at least 10 years. Ooh. So like, even if you're white. If Rachel Dolezal is like, I'm ready. Here we go. I mean, but I hold put, on. What if, what if, what if she is a descendant of slaves? You know what I mean? Like Angela Davis is descendant of the, is a descendant of the Mayflower pilgrims or whatever, or colonists or whatever. I so, feel like, so, if anyone, know. Rachel Dolezal might be descendant of uh, Irish indentured servants, but I doubt that she is uh, affected by the slave trade. But I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily her. I'm saying that there's going to be some white dude with blonde hair and blue eyes who pulls out his 23 in me and it's like 2.7% black. And he's going to be like, yep, there's like, you know, old, old great, 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 great grandma. And, 
You know, for sure, right? Sure, African American. I cannot wait for Tariq Nasheed's take on this because you 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 do know about his whole thing about the FBAs, the foundational Black Americans. Uh-oh. You know Tariq Nasheed. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he, he he's like, like a Black nationalist guy. Yeah, yeah, and he rails against the non-FBAs. So essentially, if you weren't a foundational Black American, if you weren't some of the first slaves, then he gets mad at these Africans and these other Black people that came over later or just recently, and they say that they're entitled to these reparations. Um, and he goes hard on them. So I'm really, I'm looking forward to his his take on this. Racism is so profitable. Racist. He's racist against other black people. Mm-hmm. He is. So I got I got an idea because uh, people. I'm not are, totally against his point, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we're going to do reparations, I kind of get what he's saying. People are super chatting about how they're working hard and working in factories and all that stuff. Here, here's my plan. All right. You know, in the future, if I ever end up finding myself in office, I'll propose a bill. Or maybe when I go talk to Matt Gates, I'll be like, hey, make this bill that uh, if you work in a non-labor job, you got to pay double the taxes and that goes to the people who actually do work. There you go. Problem solved. So like if you work at a university, well, you know, we're going to take uh, an extra, you know, 15% of your paycheck and it's going to go pay a factory worker's salary. It's the last. I like that. It's the, it's the least we could do to help the workers, right? You don't oppose the workers, do you? It's an OnlyFans tax, right? Let's yeah. take, let's take yes, 30% right. out of the OnlyFans models and give them to the Stock FBAs. Stock brokers, it's day so- traders... <laughs> Uh, universities, professors, feminist dance theorists, anybody all that. that can't get tax fired. on all of that. Yeah, government bureaucrats, yeah. and then anybody who actually makes stuff, they get a bonus in their salary, supplemental income. Yeah. That's well, that's socialism. I mean, right? They agree with it, don't or they? Or maybe we should just make everyone complete two years of like a skilled trade before they can enter a four-year university. Like maybe you should have to work with your hands before you pursue your degree. I think no. every every gender studies degree should you, have at least one class hands, where they're like forced to, they're forced to break rocks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or just shadow like a plumber. I just love it. There was, there was a there was a meme of some like leftist being like, "I can't wait till we make them you know break rocks so that they can figure out what a, what a real day's uh, a real day of hard work feels like." Mm. And it's just like, you don't work. What what are you talking about? Who are you talking about? The dude who works in a factory driving a forklift all day and is covered in sweat and the guy works on a petroleum rig drenched in oil and high high chance of death. Do you ever see those uh, videos on Instagram or TikTok where it's like a day in my life as a consultant? Well, yeah. I woke up at 930 and I put on my sweatsuit and then I went to my, my desk to start working and like seemed perfectly pleasant. Have a good time. But I really want like. A commercial electrician, the electrician to make one. Oh, I woke up at 3 a.m. and commuted to work, and then, you know, I wired and I had to cut all this stuff. Like, I carried. Got into an argument with a client, and it's like him filming a guy yelling at him. Yeah. It's just them going to seven (laughs) meetings a day. What do you need to go to a meeting for? Like, do you think farmers like have meetings every morning for three hours? You mean the guy in the oil rig is like, yeah, I went to four meetings today. He's like, like, I'll circle back to it. It's fine. Yeah. Look at how many people Twitter fired. In the past six months. Oh, man. And Twitter essentially operates the same. And they fired thousands Mm -hmm. of people. Now, think about that at every university in America. Every big tech company, every startup, everybody that could convince uh, uh, someone with some money that they that give me money and I'll make your money into a a tech Mm -hmm. giant or whatever. um, They that's they get funding and they loaded up with with all their friends who are doing nothing at all you know what you know what the oil rig doesn't have they don't have yoga rooms you know what the oil rig doesn't have wine on tap you know what the yoga room wow. doesn't have or the yoga room the, the, yoga the oil room. rig they, yeah they don't have the uh the what is it the sensory deprivation room it's like god 
the luxury of these these tech engineers is ridiculous. Yeah, I, let's jump to this uh, story here. I, I saw this tweet, and I, I'm just I'm just assuming it's true. I don't know when it's it's posted today. Florida State Senator, what is this? At Governor Gone Wild, who's this? Blaze uh, Ingoglia, Florida Senator, uh, po- past chairman of Florida GOP, files bill to decertify any political party whose platform ever supported slavery. The bill is titled the Ultimate Cancel Act. Mic drop. Uh, I agree. Uh, do you, all, all in favor of... I thought mic drop was in the name of the act. I, I like, all, all in favor of decertifying any political party who ever supported slavery. Say aye. Here, here, Tim. Aye. Aye. <laughs> all right. Well, well, okay. Let's go through the list of uh, major political parties and see which ones are stricken. We have Republicans. Uh, they're good. And uh, then we have Democrats. And ooh, yeah, they're, they're, they're out. Uh, and uh, that's the list. Okay. All right. The oh, Green yeah, Party is like, here we come. This is us. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone moves over. That's uh, chance i i agree with this bill actually 100 percent, and it should if they're going to go tear down statues then uh yeah let's get yeah. rid of the democratic party there we go i like that in most public high schools in america they'll teach you oh well actually it was republicans it's just that the parties changed names or something like they yeah. twist the they logic lie. so intensely to make it be like well was it couldn't be democrats democrats would never i mean there are still people alive today who are Demo- who are democrats and clan members mm-hmm. but you know that's besides the point lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, no. They don't acknowledge Still them. alive today? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. How long ago was it where, uh, uh, I mean, this was like the 60s, 70s. Yeah. I mean, there's the Klan still exists. Yes. Many of these people probably are no longer Democrats, for sure. I mean, but you'd be surprised. There there have been white nationalists who have come out and talked about how the Democratic platform is good. And then they explain all the things that typically Republicans complain about, like like the Democrats destroying the black family and things like that. So, yeah, didn't, you get it. Didn't Richard Spencer endorse? Yeah, Richard Spencer's a big Biden guy right now. Yeah. He was yeah. too, I think, in uh, 2020. He yeah. was for Biden, mm-hmm. not Trump. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. says because Trump didn't do the things they thought he was going to do. He wasn't that guy. Exactly. Anybody that's for physical removal is got there. There's got to be a big government to go along to do the removing. Like anybody that's talked, like Spencer was used to be pro, you know, removing people and stuff. He and likes authority. Yeah, that's, you, so does the Democratic Party. Yeah, you you don't get. I'm just look. I don't know about all that. I'm just saying, Antifa went around and BLM went around tearing down statues that. Uh, not even like they tore down a statue of Hans Christian Hegg, who was an abolitionist who died fighting to free slaves. So, OK, I guess whatever. I don't know. What they're, but if if they're all about this, then I, I think they'd agree with us. Right. We can, you know, mm-hmm. get Antifa to get on board with this bill and we'll get rid of the Democratic Party. This is such a power play. I love it because then Democrats will have to say no, no. Like I want to see how many other states. <laughs> no int- way. Don't. <laughs> yeah, that's us. <laughs> I want to see how many other states introduce it, because sometimes when this happens, you know, four or five other state legislators pick it up. It gets some momentum. Got to make some phone calls to West Virginia. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, we'll talk to uh, we're going to be I think the plan is to be at Congress again this Friday. Big old Congress party. This Friday? Yeah, I'm not going to say too much, but I think we're going to be there. I'll I'll, I'll make sure to bring this up to all of them like, hey, you guys want to do the condemning slavery act or something like that? 
and then it's to publicly denounce and reject any political party that's ever supported slavery. We'll start making picket signs as soon as the show's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. It's the <laughs> ultimate cancel act, so it's perfect. Yeah. The uh, ultimate can you imagine coming act. out against this act? No, I think we're okay. What they'll try and do is amend it to be like recognizing the failures of America Act or something like that. And then what they'll do is they'll be like, it's not the Democratic Party. It's all America. And yeah. the Republicans have to counter and be like, actually, we were the ones who wanted to get rid of the slavery. So, you know, sorry. Remember that whole war thing? Yeah, that was you guys. And, you know, uh, just trying to change your name doesn't, doesn't change anything. Not only that, but like people always rag on the Young Turks. Because their name is like the Young Turks, which was a genocidal group of people. And, you know, it's like, imagine naming your media organization the Hitler Youth is basically what the Young Turks did. <laughs> but like, think about the Democratic Party. Then like the Democratic Party is the organization that, that represented slavers mm-hmm. and slavery. If you're going to be critical of the Young Turks, so you certainly got to be critical of, of the Democratic Party title, right? Yeah. Fine with me. And they can't really, like, pull a Washington Redskins slash, what are they, the commanders now? Like, it's not like they can be like, well, now we're the And their mascot's a pig. Now we're the Confederates. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the mascot for the Washington commanders is a pig. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, like, who was in charge of any of this? Do you guys not understand? Like, wow. <laughs> oh, there's so, someone is either super ironic or they just missed it completely. There, there's, there is a savvy meme lord who worked for that company yeah, who was right. like, this is going to be the greatest this thing ever. This is the most hilarious <laughs> thing. Yeah, I get, apparently there's, uh, there's something about there were players that were called the hogs in the 80s, the offensive line or something like that. And so that's how the... The pigs are associated with the uh, Washington. It's center. a stretch at best. It's a, it's a big stretch, and you'd think that someone would be like, "Oh, why do we want to go ahead and call the Washington team? You know, where the seat of power is." And I'd be, at least be like a is, horse, right? You know, That's like what commanders rode during think, the war. You'd think. Like I, I just don't understand. I mean, it has to be on purpose that they made this decision. You, like you can't like file papers in these companies, these big companies, without there being oversight. And I know that there's a video out there of some board member or some like employee that's in the corner like filming the discussion they had and i need to see it i love it i just can't imagine i feel like the best part of this bill is that it's here the sad part is that i don't think that it will survive like unfortunately i don't think it'll pass if it does i'd be happy to be wrong on this one i think sometimes one of the coolest things about state legislator is state legislators is that they just introduce things to prove a point right they say like even though I know this won't make it out of committee, con- I think that we should talk about the fact that we haven't condemned this Congress party. Passed, Congress passed the anti-lynching bill like just last year, and that is literally just for show. Yeah. Just to you know prove a point. So it's not just a state. Decades like, after they yeah. probably should have, right? Yeah, it well, doesn't mean anything. I mean, with state, I think it's more interesting because then you have the conversation, right? Like if even if Florida doesn't pass this, we all recognize that Perhaps we should condemn parties that had slavery as part of their platform. Yeah, and we should provide funding to parties that oppose it. <laughs> Guaranteed uh, Again, leadership. the Green Party is like, here we go, I'm ready. Well, I don't know, when, when is the Green Party founded? I don't think they've been around that Post-slavery, long. Post-slavery, so they've never had it in their platform. Well, that's a fair point. Democrats are just in trouble. They're, yeah. uh, they're a relic of a, of a bygone era. Libertarians are excited. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they've been around for a long time, right? They've been around since the 70s, and they have always been opposed to slavery. Oh, yes. Can yes. confidently say that. I can very confidently <laughs> can't say, say it if you're a Democrat. Make, that the make Libertarian it. Party has always been opposed to slavery. They should uh, make the bill the um, rejecting political parties that support slavery and supporting political parties that don't act. 
And yeah. then just being like, that leaves you Democrats, Green Party, you're all right, Republicans, Libertarians, Reform Party. Man, look at this huge list of Working Families Party. They're good. Democrats, no, you're on the no-no list. The Tea Party will rise again. Yeah. Here they come. It would be kind of interesting, though, if like there couldn't be a Democratic Party. Would they just rebrand a la the, oh, yeah. the whoever? Or would you get enough like people bleeding out to have different different factions of the party they, they, they would quickly consolidate around a person that has decided what the new Ooh. party probably barack obama Ooh, interesting. Uh, it, it, it would be like someone someone like barack obama that would say okay you don't think hakeem jeffries is like yes we can need to destroy this party so i can rise to the top i don't think that it'll even get to the point where it pat where it would pass in the u.s but i but i i imagine the circumstances would be they would they would coalesce around a person that comes up with a name for the new party and, and they would, you know, reluctantly leave the Democrat, the DNC. But all the same people would go over because you're not getting rid of any ideas. You're just getting rid of a name. I suppose in the longer run, if you can if you can suppress ideas, then you will eventually eliminate them from the from the psyche, from the population. Mm-hmm. And that's the purpose of all the censorship they're engaging in. That's that's yeah. the, the idea. I, th- I think that the, the whole um, if you don't have the words to uh, articulate a thought, then you can't think the wrong things. I'd like the, the whole 1984 justification for Newspeak. That is something that's legit in practice nowadays. The reason that the LGBTQ uh, political lobby demands that you uh, say that a trans woman is a woman is because they're demanding that you conceptualize a trans woman and a biological woman as the same. They're making a demand on your cognitive liberty. And they're, they're doing it by messing with the, the, the language that we use, with the meanings of words. Right. This is what they did on the, la- the last Twitter board or the last Twitter um, you know, people. They, they were banning the word groomer mm-hmm. to call yep. out predatory adults who were grooming children. And if you ban the words, then, like you said, you're banning their, their cognitive ability to make assumptions and... Uh, accurately assess people's behavior yeah so kind of feels like everything's falling apart a little bit you know but uh it's okay because we have chickens they're out (laughs) doing their thing and they give us eggs and one of the chickens is brooding uh one of the silkies so what we do now is we're going to take a bunch of eggs from all the different chickens and put them underneath the broody silky which will then hatch a variety like like a a a plethora of chicken varieties (laughs) so when uh it all comes crashing down and you find yourself in a city fighting Agnes over the last can of beans in the in front of the bodega. I'm going to be sitting there with Roberto Jr. enjoying some fresh scrambled eggs. See, I don't mind some turbulence, right? Like, I think having these issues in front of us makes us talk about them. I think that was one of the mistakes that some conservatives had for a while, which is to say, live and let live, which I agree with for the most part. But you can also say, I disagree. I don't believe in that. And I think for so long, sort of out of politeness, we were saying like, oh, just everyone will just keep to themselves and we won't address things. And then you get to the point where it gets so out of control that you're asked, like, do you think it's okay for a teacher to tell a child that they're transgender and then not tell the parents? Like, we have to be willing to have the hard conversations. And especially if they're, if the, uh, the opposition to these uh, two two hard ideas says basically well to avoid that we'll take down monuments and we'll we'll edit books and we'll change things so that we can just avoid these conversations it makes us a weaker society if we can't deal with this kind of uh disagreement i think that this speaks to the to um matt walsh's point and and to tim's point when he, when he says that uh we need to be mean um i don't think that 
maybe mean isn't the the best word, but uh, pulling back from being frank when we describe things, uh, it, it's it's detrimental to the to people's ability to understand what we're talking about. Yeah, you so, got to push it more than you normally would, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you don't you, you if you've you've given up ground to progressives, we've given up so so much ground that now ta- that now children are literally being targeted for ideological, you know. Um, you unplugged the UFO. Oh, though. no. It's okay. I took out the UFO when I sit on that side table. Yeah, but there's, there's also an, an, an empathy, a, a true empathy for calling things the way they are. There's mm-hmm. no niceness about calling, you know, these body positive people healthy when it's not. There's no positivity and there's no empathy in saying that these trans people that are mutilating themselves are healthy because that is not leading them down fulfilled lives. Right. That is destroying them. And that's also the importance of we need to build our own things. If we're going to actually combat the woke left, we can't just be reacting to them and we can't just be tearing them down. There is an importance to it because they have left and they've planted seeds and they have gone down and they have strong roots. But we also need to plant our own seeds. Like I said, if we want to combat this body, body positivity movement, you need to go to the gym, right? If we want to combat the taking down of statues, we need to make our own. If we want to combat the woke left's gender ideology, we need to make our own schools. We need to homeschool. And if, and if we want to combat the end of the world, then we got to make our own chicken coops, right, Tim? <laughs> Absolutely. Let me pull up this story here. I was uh, uh, reading from the uh, NBC News. Mississippi governor signs bill banning transgender health care for minors. You see how NBC News frames it? Let's try it another way. Let's, uh, I'll give you a different headline. Mississippi governor signs bill banning child genital mutilation. Minors cannot consent. Huh. Like, huh. it says in the name children. If they're children, they're minors. They can't consent. They're not, they cannot consent. Well, the issue is the parents can can the parents consent to it? So here's what it says. Mississippi on Tuesday became the seventh state to enact a restriction on certain transition-related health care for minors. Governor Tate Reeves, a Republican, said he signed the bill which bars puberty blockers, hormone therapy, and surgery for minors because there is a dangerous movement spreading across America today. It's advancing under the guise of a false ideology, and pseudoscience is being pushed onto our children through radical activists, social media, and online influencers. And it's trying to convince our children that they are in the wrong body. This dangerous movement attempts to convince these children that they're just a surgery away from happiness. It threatens our children's innocence and it threatens their health. It's crazy. He, he invited uh, Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire to speak. And the crazy thing is I was talking to Ali London last week on the Culture War podcast. And uh, he was saying that he thought the surgery would make him happy. And he kept getting different plastic surgeries, wondering when he would finally feel happy. And it wasn't working because the issue isn't the surgery. But the thing is, for, for Ali, I think he only really got the facial uh, cosmetic stuff done. So m- many of these young girls and uh, young males have permanently removed healthy organs. They will not be able to ever mm-hmm. have. They'll never have them again. And so this is permanently sterilized, some of these kids. Like Jazz Jennings and Kim Petras will never have children. Never have children. Billions of years of evolution ends right there with those individuals. And you know what? That three-year-old Jazz did not know that. Seven-year-old Jazz did not know that. And I wonder if there's going to come a point in the lives of these, 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 these poor people when they're in their 20s thinking, how do I have kids? And it's like, well, we removed that from you mm-hmm. because you were seven and you said you wanted it removed. Seven years old. And then at 17, both, I believe Petrus may have been 16, 
and Jazz was 17. They have both been 17, but those are minors. These are under the age of majority were given genital removal. What do you, what do you call it? Um, testicularectomy or something like that? The, the uh, surgical castration. Rem- but I mean, like, there's like, there's got to be an ectomy word for it, right? Oh, like not, for, not the hysterectomy, for, the other hysterectomies. Yeah, like women have hysterectomies and bilateral ovarectomies or something like the ovarectomies or whatever, the ovarian mm-hmm. removal. Yeah, I mean, or? this it's just we need to stop. You know, the the whole phrase right now is stop transing kids. I think we need to stop transing people in general, but it starts with kids. I think a society is judged on how they treat their most innocent. And there are many things in our society that we deem inappropriate or harmful to children that regardless of the parents intent, regardless of the parents wishes, we don't allow them to engage in. Right. We don't give them alcohol just because the parent says that this is acceptable or that my child identifies as an adult and therefore I can give them alcohol. We don't allow kids to be shown pornography or to even go to R-rated movies or to download these R-rated video games. But for some reason, under the guise of this LGBTQ movement, under the guise of gender affirming care or the pride flag, we are allowing them to chemically castrate themselves and it is leaving them sad, it is leaving them deformed and ultimately they're not better off. They're, They're told, they're lied to and said that you will be happy um, and that you're not going to regret this, and it, it's killing kids. They're gonna they're gonna wake up, like you said, when they're 20, 30 years old, it's and thinking themselves, "Why did this doctor tell me that I would be happy? Why did my parents go along with this? Who was there to protect me?" And as a society, we need to we need to be those people to protect them, despite their wishes. It's crazy. I feel like you know we know we know the history of certain medications, like what was it thalidomide? Was that the name of the drug? Mm-hmm. Thalidomide. It was like an anti-nausea medicine they gave to mothers and the kids were born with like no arms and their hands were just like on their shoulders or whatever. All kinds of terrible defects. Mm-hmm. And then we, you, you get a generation of people that, ha, you know, that have to live this way. We're getting the same thing here. I mean, people have said it's going to be not too dissimilar to lobotomies. The yep. removal of healthy organs and, and their tar- the targeting of minors. Hey, look, you're an adult and you want to make a decision for yourself. Ain't nobody there but you and God. And, you know, a, a, a functioning society should do their best to to help and protect you in the best way possible. If you're a child, there is a bigger challenge that we were just bringing up. Do the parents have the right to consent to what medical treatment they think would save their kid's life? The question then becomes how you have to actively define when something is legitimately going to save a child's life. Challenges there. I mean, we used to drink mercury. I'm sure a lot of medical treatments we have today that are legitimate may some point be like, oh, that drug actually was bad. It was causing these problems. So there's a, there's a difficulty in navigating this because we want to talk about parental rights. Like in Florida, what if a parent wants to get their kid castrated? Mm-hmm. Does, the, does the government then intervene and say, no, hold on. What if a parent wants to get their kid some kind of treatment, say, you know, some kind of experimental medication that could cure some genetic disorder and the government says no? Does the parent have the right to choose? And like, what, what are those limits? Mm-hmm. If there's a legitimate role for government, I think protecting innocent life is among the legitimate roles. And I think that that at some point that is probably going to end up being arbitrary. But at some point, we have to decide this is where the state steps in. Um, and I don't know where that point is. And the problem is you've got powerful political factions in half the country that believe the state should step in to castrate the kid. Yeah. Yes. Well, because they put a clock on it, right? So yep. they want 
to have you make this decision when your kid is prepubescent because theoretically going through puberty is traumatic for a kid who feels as though they are in the wrong body, right? I don't believe that. I personally don't believe this, but this is an argument that comes up for parents, right? If you if you have a daughter and your daughter identifies as a boy, getting her period would be traumatic because she doesn't feel like she should have it. It's it's a, a it makes any kind of gender dysphoria worse. And that kind of urgency and pressure is terrible right no one makes there are some people who make good decisions under pressure but i don't think anyone can make a good decision when it's like how do i keep my kid from being traumatized especially when actually you don't know what the alternatives are there are no alternatives it's being pushed on you it's being pushed on you uh i I think that's crazy personally i think it comes i think of it similar to should you be allowed to uh get a nose job when you're 16 right personally i feel like if you were a good parent, you would say, no, wait until you're an adult. Wait until you're older and can make but decisions. But a nose job doesn't sterilize you. But I don't think, but it's permanent, right? You can't put it back. It doesn't sterilize you, but you can't then say, I want my original nose. Yeah, I mean, but like not being able to have kids is very different. I think we should be encouraging children to make decisions. Like these life-changing decisions should be made when they themselves are ad- adults. I don't think that because your parents can consent to you getting a nose job at 16 means that the child should. Anytime you have to go under uh, anesthesia and actually be put out, like that's there's a risk to it. I mean, they are fairly routine, but there's a risk to it. So if it's not something necessary, I think maybe the government should say, look, don't do this to kids until they're 18. Be just because of the risk of going, you know, the complications mm-hmm. from surgery. They're real. It doesn't happen a lot, but they are real. So, again, if there is a legitimate role for government, um, then protecting innocent life has to be among it. You know, protecting the borders, protecting innocent life, give you courts, and and that's about and it. But, but, but it's easy to, it's easy to say, but then what about a medical treatment a parent wants to get for their kid the government won't allow? Right? So the, 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 the challenge is it is not about the law. It is about the cultural values. And the left values child sex changes, and the right doesn't. But there may come a time where there is something the right says, like, hey, we need to give this kid this medication for, like, I don't know, spinal meningitis or something. And if you empower the government, they could be like, nope. And then you're sitting there being like, excuse me, like my kid's going to die. Get him this treatment. They're like, we're not going to do it. Well, and a lot of these laws that get written in saying you can't offer hormone therapy or whatever else, they have exceptions for kids who are legitimately legitimately born intersex, right? When they have XXY chromosomes or whatever. I think for me as a society, it would be nice. And I feel like this is unrealistic if we could all agree that ultimately any kind of permanent surgery should be the decision of someone who is in full possession of their rights. So I mentioned this before, most minors aren't in full possession of the rights because they are under the custody of their parents. And so therefore, we shouldn't be leaving it up to their parents to decide what happens to their body. They have to be an adult with full possession of their rights to be able to consent to any of these surgeries. I mean, I, I just think it's not even about... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's not even about the child choosing or the parents choosing. It is literally just about our moral values, period. My moral values are you don't give kids sex changes. Have a nice day. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to I, I don't need to create any kind of weird philosophical or, or moral based. It's like 
or, or, or uh, a legal basis for it where it's like, well, the government shouldn't be. No, 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 no don't care. Sometimes the government should. Sometimes they shouldn't. This is a case where they shouldn't. The left believes that the government should make this stuff happen and the parents shouldn't get a right to choose. I think that's crazy. I think the parents should also not be allowed to choose in this circumstance. I do not believe parents have a right to choose their children get their sex organs removed. That's just me. But there are certain circumstances where I think the parents should have a right to choose certain medical treatments for their kids. It is not a black and white argument. There is no simple answer of do the parents have rights or do they not? It's not that simple. The parents should have rights in some circumstances and not in others. If the parents think that, you know, making their baby vegan is going to be good for them, the government should be like, yeah, it's stupid. You don't do that. Your baby will die. You can't, you can't have vegan baby. I mean, you maybe can. It's really, really difficult, but you probably give your kid proper nutrition or something like that. Government should intervene where we deem it culturally and morally pertinent. The left has different moral standards, which we view as demonic. And that is a very serious problem for our society because you've got mothers and fathers who are like, I have three kids who are all trans. I'm like, come on, man. It is, it, is, it is statistically anomalous that a child is trans in the first place, but for a parent to have three, that and, that, and we see these stories. That means called CPS. Well, and That's the right. government <laughs> does regulate it under some circumstances, right? Like, you'll see all these articles about, especially women in their early 20s, being like, I wanted to get a hysterectomy, and my doctor wouldn't let me, because they kept saying, what if you change your mind, and this is terrible. I mean, why is it that under that circumstance, the government is like, no, you can't get a hysterectomy, and when it's about gender identity... It's like, well, okay, you're 18. It's, it's a good idea. Like, it seems bizarre to me as a double standard. Maybe we just shouldn't cut out organs that were there in the first place unless it is absolutely medically necessary. Because it makes They're arguing happy. it is necessary. I know, but like, and so the issue that's is, the issue. It's not about, it's, it's about where we culturally draw the line, period. The doctors are going to come out and be like, if we don't do it, they'll kill themselves. And it's like, okay, well, that means they're no immediate risk of death right now, right? Okay, so we can not do it and then just give them therapy and watch them and make sure mm-hmm. they don't. It's not like they have a, a, a sack of pus, an abscess or something, and they're going to die like, like appendicitis. We got breaking news, though. Real quick on this one, just a real quick announcement. Lori Lightfoot, it's out. She lost. Beetlejuice is gone. No more Lori wow. Lightfoot in Chicago. Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson are going to advance to runoff, apparently. So uh, there you go. That's it. Lori Lightfoot. Uh, Lightfoot. And she did really bad. She yeah. got she got 60, 16%. Then the next guy got 20, and the next guy got 35. That's just, oof. The other day she said it's because she's a black woman that people won't vote for her. That's how she justified being in third she place. She said that? Yeah, yeah. But she, they, voted for the, they voted for her the first Look, time. It didn't make sense to me either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that's what she suggested. All right, all right. We're going to go to Super who, Chats. Uh, I wonder who summoned her, you know? <laughs> how, do We're you, gonna, how do you put her back? Yeah. Well, she's gone, so I'm glad, you know, that's, that's good. Maybe I'll go visit Chicago at some point. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button? Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends and become a member at TimCast.com. Go to TimCast.com. Click join us. And at about 1010, we're going to have a live members only show. It is not family friendly. It is uncensored. And uh, you put your your kids to bed. They don't want to hear this stuff, but it'll be live. And we can take some comments for now because there's a comment function on the website. But we are currently building out the discord so you can chat 24-7, chat during the members only show and during this show as well, as well as potential call-ins in the uncensored show. So, again, smash the like button. Let's read what we got. I'm not your buddy guy, says. Does it surprise anyone, really? Leftist rhetoric is on par with Germany 1936. Even Trudeau said that the truckers, uh, that we were taking up space. Technically, he said it before the convoy, but it was about us who supported the convoy and our freedom. I mean, if you live in Canada, you're basically living in dictatorship, so I don't have to tell you. 
you got to get out of Canada somehow. Flooded Timber Farm says, can y'all confirm if Vanguard took away their $1 trillion investment from ESG? Saw something on Twitter about it. No idea. I don't know. Did you guys any, see anything about that? No. No idea. no idea. No idea. All right. Where are we at? Tim Brackett says, don't let them divide us. Build culture based on love, truth, and freedom. That's what we're doing, baby. The uh, coffee shop is is being put together as we speak, and it just takes time. These projects take a long time, especially because I, I don't spearhead them. I just, like, delegate the task to somebody else. Uh, if the only thing I was doing with my life was opening a coffee shop, then it would be open already. But uh, I can only do so much when I'm doing everything else. And But we, we, we want to have the space. And uh, we're going to be launching a show that I'm really excited about called Poker with the Boys. And it's going to be just kind of like a hangout podcast with poker as a backdrop because uh, it's fun. And we had a Clint from Liberty Lockdown podcast who uh, was saying he used to be a pro poker player. And I was like, dude, imagine if we're hanging out, beers, nachos, talking about whatever we feel like talking about for the week. And then the basis of the show is kind of like we're here to play a game and people are just goofing off. I think it would be a lot of fun. Clinton Poso can hug it out. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be funny. And then, uh, you know, just poker as a backdrop. A way to get a bunch of people sitting around a table all snapping jokes at each other. People can start talking about stuff. I think it'll be a lot of fun. If, if you hear the con- and anybody who's ever played knows the conversations are hilarious when you're ragging on each other and stuff. It can be a lot of fun. So building culture is what it's all about. And uh, we also got a couple other shows in the pipeline that I'm really excited about. So uh, stick around. Stick around. All right. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, geez, Louise, Tim, I'm listening at work. Do you read the account the brother told of his sister dropping dead in their dad's arms? Thinking of my siblings, I got teary-eyed. What the heck is happening? 20, uh, was it a 20-year-old woman wakes up in the morning in London or in the UK and she uh, sees her dad and her dad asks her if she wants coffee and she says, no tea. He makes her tea, hands her the glass. Then all of a sudden she puts it down and starts feeling her, her chest. She says, my chest hurts. And then she dies. And he catches her. And then he's on the ground doing CPR, re- desperately trying to save his daughter who just died suddenly. And the paramedics come in and they, they bring her out and uh, they get to the hospital. They say she's not breathing. And then moments later, they say she's dead. Jeez. Yeah, I wonder what's causing it all. Well, there's a new report out that says erythritol is causing uh, uh, blood clots, strokes, and heart attacks. Yeah. What's it's that? all this keto diet stuff. <laughs> yep. All these people are doing the keto diet and they're having erythritol. And that's what that's, they, they say that's what's causing it. So, you know, all right. Well, you know. TOS that's violations. That's that's all I wanted to do. Just well, 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 we'll go to the members only segment at TimCast.com. Become a member and we'll talk more in a little bit. All right, let's see what we got. Jack Hammer says, go ahead, Tim, get involved. You'll go to prison. And that's in reference to, uh, this was actually before uh, Phil brought it up. This is in reference to the guy getting killed in St. Louis. If you intervene, they're going to lock you up. So what do you do? That's crazy though, man. Like a dude raped a woman on a train in front of a bunch of other people and they just watched. That seems crazy to me. I'm, I'm watching 1883, and a guy pickpockets a guy, and the whole town beats the crap out of him, puts a rope around his neck, and just yanks him up and kills him. And I'm like, jeez. There's like a scene where they walk into a saloon, and the, sh- the sheriff is like Billy Bob, and he's like, which one was it? And then he points at the guys, and he starts shooting them. And I'm like, back in the day, I don't know if you'd call that justice, but they just did not care. Yikes. Nowadays, the criminals get let out of prison. Keep doing it. All right. Cam Girl Asuna says, it's worse than simply people not caring to help Tim. Anyone who helps will be destroyed for it. They will lose jobs, reputation, and go to prison, all while the criminal goes free with no penalty. I want you to imagine this. Dude in St. Louis pulls out a gun and starts trying to chamber around. Something's wrong with it. He's shaking it. And so then you see that. 
and you see these guys fighting, you're like, I know where this is going. So you run up and you tackle the guy. And then the guy filming comes out and he's holding the camera up going, I'm filming everything. I'm filming everything. Then in the scuffle, the guy with the gun gets shot. Guess what the story is then? George Floyd 2.0. Uh, Ahmed Arbery 2.0. Yeah. White, white supremacist violently assaults black man for no reason on the street, kills him, and then you're going to go to prison for the rest of your life. Crazy, huh? That's the way it's been going. That's the way it's been going, man. Yikes. All right. Thomas Sidebottom says, noticed with regards to the lead story that very few, very few news outlets called the victim homeless. It was mostly unhoused or without a home. That's right. Unhoused. And that's just Home, AP, homeless. Just an AP style guide making. It's his just way so. It's so dumb. George, uh, George Carlin had it the best. He was like, "We keep changing language because people are so offended." You know, post. He, he was like, "They make it longer. It used to be called shell shock. Now it's post traumatic stress disorder." Yeah, they just keep making it longer. All right, where are we at? Battle fatigue. Battle fatigue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Campbell says the St. Louis prosecutor Kim Gardner is currently in legal trouble with Missouri due to her inaction on prosecuting criminals. It's been a big story here in the past week or so. Yup, because these Soros DA people are like, I don't want anyone going to jail. Probably because they want anarcho-tyranny. Clearly. Mm -hmm. And then it all comes falling apart. Jimbo says I'm a field technician constantly traveling to my accounts. My employer doesn't allow concealed carry and it really irks me. I understand, but I don't agree. I really need to self-employ. Agreed. You do. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> it's only against the law if you get caught. Yeah. John L. says, there is no way I could not intervene in an overt act like this. I was raised to protect myself, my family, and those who can't. Jail be damned. Perhaps. And then you'll find yourself in jail. Quite uh, simply put, it's crazy. The Ahmed Arbery story is a really great example of two guys who were trying to protect their neighborhood were attacked, and now they're in prison for the rest of their lives. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I say that again. For all the Media Matters leftists and the Young Turks, the McMichaels got a notification from police about a man who was committed, committing felony burglaries or suspected of it. There's a video of Ahmed Arbery committing felony burglary, or at least there's a video of a man they believe is Ahmed Arbery doing it. The police went to the McMichaels' home and said, here's the guy. Then someone was like, hey, look, that's the guy. So they said, let's stop him. They wanted him arrested. They were told not to do it. Fair point. And then Ahmed Arbery, clearly on camera, runs towards the McMichaels, runs around the truck and starts fighting over the shotgun and gets shot in the scuffle. So imagine you live in a neighborhood where a gun has been stolen for months. Someone's been burglarizing homes. And then the cops are like, we think it's this guy. And you see the guy and you're like, better do nothing and let him keep robbing the, the, the neighbors and who, doing, doing who knows what with that gun, because uh, you will go to prison for the rest of your life. If you even film it, that's the message they sent. The guy who filmed it happening and did nothing else is spending the rest of his life in prison. Yeah. In the Ahmed Arbery case? Yeah. yeah. The guy that was... The guy, a guy got in his car because he saw the McMichaels jump in their car. So he started filming them. Ooh. He then slowly followed Ahmed Arbery filming him because this is the suspect who was seen on camera burglarizing a home. Yeah. And then they were like, nah, he can go to prison too. I have more about that, about the Ahmed Arbery story that I'll tell you in the member section. I'm not going to say it in the free thing, but I, I have a, a... And all the conservatives came out being like, see, justice was served. Kyle Rittenhouse was innocent, but the McMichaels were guilty. And I'm like, did any crazy. of you pay attention to what that story was about? Totally. No, because they can't touch it because they're afraid of being accused of anything. I mean, they're... 
to be honest, takes a little bit of integrity. And I think so many people who say they're conservative and whatever are afraid to be attacked in any way because they know they can't ultimately handle it. I okay. think it's because in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, the three people who died weren't black. And in the Ahmed Arbery case, it was a high profile yeah. unarmed black man who ended up dying. I would argue that th that was a narrative. He wasn't unarmed the moment he touched the shotgun. He instantly became an armed individual. So there's, a, there, there's an argument there. And I, I bring this thing up so, so often because it's such a travesty of justice. Like, I don't know, man, if this guy was innocent and you see a car behind you and a car in front of you and a guy jumps out with a shotgun, like, what would you do? But here's the issue. Ahmed Arbery is a suspect in a felony burglary and he was seen in someone's house. So I kind of th I feel like in this instance, with the testimony from the police, the statements we heard from everybody, to me, it's beyond a reasonable doubt this guy was committing burglary and they were just trying to stop him. Yeah. No, but I said he was jogging and white supremacists lynched him. Like, think about how stupid that story is. That Ahmed Arbery was out for a hike 20 miles from his home wearing work boots and uh, just is on camera inside someone's house for no reason because he was just looking around. He's looking around. That's what the left said. And then these uh, white supremacists decided that they were going to kill him. And so they just jumped in a vehicle and decided to do that. And I'm like, yeah, oh, that's the stupidest fake story I've ever heard. But there's also like a hierarchy to when you'll intervene because I get what you're saying about integrity, but you have a duty first to be there for your family. And, you know, like it's all, it's not worth it at a certain point to it's not worth it at a certain point to like put yourself out there and what you might go to jail and then you can't be with your kids and your family for like 10 years. So I'm saying like if you're a news media figure and you know a story is being spun, if you're afraid to comment on it, even though you know the narrative is being twisted. Oh, I and then, you're saying like. No, no, I get like personal safety and I understand like with the, the man on the street who was shot, like it is crazy to me that someone could sit there with a cell phone. Like they know something's going on enough to pull out their phone and start recording. Like at that time, why not? call the police why not intervene in some other way but for me it's like when you know the narrative is being twisted to make some people look bad and you aren't willing to at least say hey let's re-examine this then you are not acting with integrity. the crazy the craziest thing to me is that the dude's pulling out a gun and he's like he's putting a magazine in it right now and i'm just like maybe you should get maybe you I, should I, not narrate this no no maybe you should get away from the guy if you're really concerned like why are you sitting up against the window filming it happen like either do something or run i, I just it's crazy to me. It's like, wow, look at that guy. They're fighting, and now he's pulling out a gun. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna sit here. This is, oh, oh, whoa, he killed him. I can't believe that happened. Were they fighting prior to the? Uh, there was some kind of argument. Uh, yep. All right. Jesse Vargas says, I was hoping you'd consider inviting Ryan Dawson on the show sometime. In my opinion, nobody even comes close in regards to honesty, integrity, and reporting throughout the decades of exposing our bloodthirsty government and geopolitics. All right, sounds interesting. You know, we got to find guests for the Friday show. We got a good lineup these next several weeks. It's only going to get better. All right. Son of a Murph says Kentucky is trying to pass a bill to allow farmers to sell right to consumers. They can't. They, yeah, why, they why do that here. <laughs> what? Why would you need a bill to allow you to do that in a ostensibly free country? We like, go to we go to the farm. There's farms out here all the time. We just pull up and then you buy your meat right from the farm. Some states might have regulations to prevent like foodborne illness, ostensibly. I'm not saying it should, but I mean, yeah, there's there's regulations against buying unpasteurized milk. Mm -hmm. I remember yeah. we couldn't do that in my home state of Michigan for a while. So for a little bit we ended up doing like under the table deals and then yeah. we had to work around it by buying the actual cow on paper so that we could get the milk from the cow. But it's crazy the hoops you gotta jump through <sighs> to buy raw milk. Out here it's called pet milk. Oh. 
Yep. I like that. So you can buy pet milk. Your animal's allowed to drink it. You're not, but you can drink it. B.H. God, uh, Godsmack says, one $1.99 for Bill Gates' voice mimic when you talk as Gates. All right. The next time I talk as Bill Gates, I'll do the Bill Gates voice. Although it's not really Bill Gates' voice. It's more of a family guy's mockery of Bill Gates. Family Guy is that episode where Peter's hanging out with like Michael Eisner, Carter Peter Schmidt, and Bill Gates. And then they're like, they're flying in a plane or something. And then someone's, uh, Peter, uh, someone, someone says like, look at the people. They look like ants. And then Bill Gates goes, they are ants. <laughs> I, I like the joke when they're driving through a toll booth. And then Peter's like, oh, crap, anybody got a quarter? And Bill Gates goes, what's a quarter? Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Family Guy. Oh, yeah, they're funny. All right. What do we got? JDWJC11 says, teach LGBT and CRT in schools. Kids grow up uneducated. Bring in H-1B visa workers. Brown America, goal of the left. I think it's more of the destruction of American culture to seize power. I don't think the color has anything to do with it. They'll take whatever they can get. But um, there was something I saw on Twitter where they said that college students were struggling to break down sentence structure. They didn't know what a subject or a verb was. But they could tell you all about George Floyd and other garbled Mm -hmm. nonsense. Abolish the Department of Education. It is an entirely, uh, it is an entire failure. Abolish it. Get rid of it. Well, and they recently did like this, this poll or this research in uh, Chicago public schools, and there wasn't a single child that could read yeah. at their grade reading level. Abolish Not it. one. Abolish the DOE. It's a total failure. Get rid of it. Pat Delaney says, hey, Tim, any chance you need a full-time plumber? Need out of Massachusetts. Worth a shot. I don't know about a full-time plumber. But we could use, like, somebody who does a job that is a plumber on the side in the event something happens. I'll tell you guys a real funny story. You see, we're out in the middle of nowhere. And you know what that means, being out in the middle of nowhere? Do you guys know what it means when you're in the middle of nowhere? What's that mean? In reference to plumbing? (laughs) Outhouses. Septic systems. Septic systems. And that means these city folk show up, ignorant as ignorant gets, start flushing all sorts of knickknacks and who's it's down the toilet. Because in the city, they don't care. And then out here, what ends up happening is you get septic backup and it comes out of the ground and it comes out of your pipes and into your basement. So we had um, somebody was pouring grease down the drain. And, you know, look, in cities, you you, you can get away with it because all you're doing is destroying the environment and the plumbing of the city. You might dunk up your pipes and have to get them replaced, but the damage often is being done to the city. You know, when you have a septic system and you pour bacon grease down the drain, I got to tell you, man, Oof. Yeah. So apparently one day in the basement, there's uh, water starts pouring out all, all sorts of places because the system backs up. And so there's nothing you can do once it starts happening. Just tell everyone to t- turn the water off. No one can use water. And then by the time the, the septic guys actually get there and start clearing it out, you've already got water damage. You've got fans turned on. You're trying to soak everything up and it's septic backup, if you know what I mean. So this happened, and then the, the septic guys came out, and they had to, like, get a big stick and stick into the pipe. Mm. And then what happened was they loosened it up, and, like, a 10-foot tube of bacon grease came out <sighs> like a hot dog, oh. like a like a foot-wide hot dog, and slopped sh- into the septic system. And uh, we then have to go through the security cameras to figure out who is breaking the rules and flushing this stuff and dumping the stuff. And uh, we, yep, mm-hmm, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's crazy, but because even after we were like, guys, you cannot flush stuff down a septic system, it happens again. This is the crazy thing about humans. 
Because it's like, you know, I don't know how many people work directly in this building, but even after telling every single person, don't do it, if there's always one person who's like, it's not my fault, I'm a snowflake, not the avalanche. And it's like, dude, all of you doing this, thinking you're fine. Oh, man. Well, so yeah, maybe we'll, we'll need a plumber. Consider we're going to have multiple uh, buildings. But I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. Probably just contract a plumber when we need it. It would be great if someone was here who could take care of it before any problems happen, but you know, whatever. Frey Kane says, Tim says, lifting freight as I work a 12-hour factory job filling pallets. Yeah, man. Nazg says, it's hilarious listening to Tim talking about working class people, listening to him while I'm working at a shop doing tires on a 150K electric car that has a Bernie sticker on it. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Condolences. Jeez. And then, and then the guy, the Bernie supporter with his Ray-Ban sits down and says, I'm doing it for you. And then <laughs> zoom, zoom, turns on the Tesla and it goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You know the Teslas make that sound, right? Mm-hmm. When you turn them on, they go, whoa, 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 whoa. Like for, I, I think it's on purpose. When they're driving, they go like, whoa, they sound like ghosts. But I think that's a fake sound. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Programmed. Yeah, it's a programmed noise. And you can actually change it to be an engine. Yeah, yeah, it's the Jetson sound, right? You can probably change is it to a it fart, too. Yeah. You can. It? You can, so you can press a button to make it fart. Our guitar player, Jason Richardson, has a, has a Tesla, and he makes it fart all the time. I can, I can take my phone right now and start yelling, and the car will start yelling. <laughs> and the weird thing about it is it changes your voice. Like, you can remote security into your car and then press the walkie-talkie button and say, hey, you, get away from my car. But instead of it just playing the sound, it'll go, hey, you, get away from my car. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. It's well. just Phil's voice, is ye- voice yelling. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I'm like, it could just play the voice. It was funny. We had the dogs running around outside, and then we were using it and yelling, and the dogs were like looking at the car like, what's happening? <laughs> it knows my name. Yeah. All right. Pat Meadows says, most small farms are organic, pasture-raised, grass-fed, etc., but they can't, uh, they can't afford the tact to get it labeled as such. Yeah, exactly. We go to the local farm and it's like, we would like some beef. And they give you like a little bag full of beef and it's got like the farm label on it. And you know, it's grass fed organic. They just can't legally call it that. So they're like, all of our cows just eat grass and we don't use any chemicals or anything like that. So, you know, but we can't call it organic and grass fed. So, you know, because we can't afford the tax. Like that's the craziest part. It's like 70 bucks to get it labeled or something. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Where are we at? Thomas Sidebottom says, using different pronouns is like deciding one day that you will indicate you want to turn left while driving by turning on the hazard lights. Well, okay. Bobcat says, never forget 30 years ago today, the Waco siege began. This siege ended with the deaths of more than 70 innocent men, women, and children. Yeah, I was, uh, not that long ago, I went down to Waco. This was, uh, I can't remember when we were in, we were in Austin or whatever. I think we were, yeah, we were in Austin, then we drove to uh, Waco. Went to the church. It's crazy. Crazy to learn about what they were doing. Creepy stuff, man. Abolish the ATF, too. Yep. Carlo Magno TV says, Tim, there's more demons than ghosts in the Bible. Well, yeah. Of course. You know. Demons. Somebody also super chatted something about Jesus exercising demons or something, too. That was interesting. Glucose Donor says, for an old book that doesn't have any value, the book of Revelation seems to be getting a lot of things correct in our society. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Who's getting more things right, Alex Jones or the book of Revelations? That's the comparison. Well, I'd I like think I think the meme about Alex Jones is that he gets a lot of things wrong, but the crazy there's a lot of crazy things he said mm-hmm. that by all accounts should be wrong, but turned out to be completely true. And it's like you owe the guy an apology for assuming these things were so crazy sounding that they weren't true when they were true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. 
Toe Phone Man says, it's going to be a doozy when we are all treated as equal, when the good and the bad meet in the same afterlife. Perhaps. I don't know what the afterlife is going to be like. John Doyle says, this Aldo guy is very smart and handsome and cool. So true. Yes. So true, John. Is, 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 uh, did you pay John to, to <laughs> say that about you? John, that's the heck off comedy. Yeah. That dude's hilarious. John's the best. Very intelligent man. I like that guy. He's funny. Lizzie Martin says CDC and HHS does not recognize suicide under 10 years old. They claim they don't understand intent. How many will we not know about? Wow, man. Crazy. That's wild. Omega Resetsu says demons are not spiritual entities. Demons are the conceptual antithesis of coherent society. Satan is derived from the Hebrew word for opposition. Hmm. Is that true? Don't know. I don't know enough. Can't dispute it. Therefore, it must be true because someone said it on the internet. Hmm. <laughs> There you go. All right. What do we got? I'm looking at the member chat. Chris Jensen says Alex gets a lot right. He does. He absolutely does. But like he went on, he went on Rogan and talked about human animal chimeras and 5G cell towers and interdimensional beings. And it's like, yeah, that, that one's a little much. You know, when he talks about like demons in the other realms sell, like, selling deals and stuff, it's like, I can't prove any of that stuff. But when he talks about Epstein, it's like, oh yeah, that stuff turned out to be all uh, pretty true. huh? So uh, how about that? All right. Michael Galuna says, Tim, you sound like a Christian on the demon bit. For we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but spirits and princip- uh, principalities in high places. Ephesians 6.12. Perhaps I do. I'm just saying when you talk to someone and they're intent on doing evil and they lie, they cheat and they steal and they're destroying everything, whether figurative or literal, it falls under the umbrella of the term Demonic. You know, so when Alex Jones says that people take him literally and the media will be like, he literally thinks they're possessed. And I'm like, I don't know if he literally thinks it. It's an insult. Calling someone a demon is to imply that they're an evil, you know, scrupulous person. There you go. Matthew Rouse says, Tim, it's called the warp from Warhammer 40K where demons are. (laughs) Well, okay. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, IRL daytime view style show can't come fast enough. Perhaps it can't. I don't know. Maybe we just do IRL earlier at some point. How about that? How about we do IRL at 4 p.m. instead of 8 p.m.? I don't know. And we'll do the morning show as well. Mr. Grizzly Bear says, Tim, you're absolutely right. I drove a forklift for Anheuser-Busch. It drives me crazy that people on the left think they're entitled to my tax dollars. That's crazy to me. You know, I always tell the story about how I walk into Vice for the first time. And not only are like half the seats empty, but people are just like doing nothing. And I'm like, how much do these people get paid? It's like 50, 60K a year. Some of them got less. Some got like 30, 32. But still, it's like you just sit around and then what happens? Like someone emails you talking about a story. They tell you a story about how they did ketamine while riding on a yacht with a Bitcoin billionaire. And it was a crazy thing. And then you're like, I'll publish it. And then you make all that money. Meanwhile, the dude like breaks his hand working in a machine shop. Mm -hmm. And it's like his insurance won't cover it. And then the, the people at, at Vice are, the, are more likely to be the commies who are like, we're entitled to more from the government. We should be given free stuff. And I'm like, geez, man. Yeah. All right. Where are we at? We'll grab some more Super Chats. Daniel Smith says, every human on earth is descendant, uh, descended from a slave, an unwilling great-grandmother, and lives on, lives on conquered land. Also, San Francisco will ask for a federal bailout in a few years to cover this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. The conquered land thing. Someone pointed out that that's like basically blood and soil. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. That's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. 
Wyatt Anderson says, Tim has my vote. If I ever did run for office, it'd probably be for like president and it would probably be on like a very outrageous platform, just like a totally inviolable, ridiculous platform of like ending war, shutting down the military industrial complex, releasing the JFK files, you know, like releasing the Epstein client list. Sounds good. You know, and then you you wouldn't win. Or would you run for a party, do you think? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. Maybe. Maybe as a Democratic Republican, bring back the old party from 1792 <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't Jefferson. know. But if I were to run, I'd be like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to do all of it. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> you know, Federal Reserve, gone. You know, uh, intermo- swift payment system, we're off. You're all going to go back to living on farms with chickens. Sorry, that's the way it's got to be. <laughs> there are some merits to campaigns like that. They advance conversation. Even if the campaign itself isn't viable, they they force other people to respond to their talking points. Well, I'm certainly old enough to run for president now. Mm-hmm. That would be funny. Maybe I should. Not or- to actually win, but to get on debate stage in the Republican primary and be like, can we abolish the Federal Reserve? Mm-hmm. Can anybody on the stage explain to me what it does and why it does it? And why we haven't audited it. Just like, that's a simple question right there. You'd have Any s- single person. <laughs> right. You'd have so much freedom. They'd be like, Tim, can you please answer this question? You'd be like, no, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about why the Federal Reserve exists. I mean, I mean it would I'm be thinking really about it because it sounds pretty fun right now. Because like, I would just not play by any of their rules at all. They, there's no way they'd let me do it. I'd be up there and they'd be like, Mr. Poole, your economic policy sounds very leftist. And I'd be like, that is an interesting question. Can we get like out of the Middle East or like not go to war in Ukraine anymore. Can I get a show of hands of how many people on the stage want to keep spending hundreds of billions of taxpayer dollars on this stuff? Like that wasn't the question, Tim. I I don't care what you asked me. Next question. If they don't let you on the debate, Shave, you just have this show, but you respond to the debate live and then you're participating anyways. And you probably get a bigger viewership than the actual debate. I have a feeling that you would get a uh, big viewership if you were doing that. I I would probably just being like I they'd be like Donald Trump just said that he wants to build a big beautiful wall, restore factories to America. How would you respond to that? I, Trump is right. <laughs> we should vote for him. <laughs> like I don't know how what am I It's funny how like they have to feign argument. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. you're running as Trump's hype man. <laughs> not necessarily. I I'd be like, well, I guess he's not completely wrong, you know. I'd like to see him pull it off. I, 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 I would never legitimately run, you know, but if I ever got to be in a political debate like that, yeah. it's funny how they'll always feign a disagreement with each other. Your tax plan doesn't go too, goes, doesn't go, goes too far. Well, your tax plan doesn't go too far enough. And it's just like, I would just be like, yeah, I actually agree with like Trump on basically everything. Yeah. You know, there was this, that's about it. There was this tweet that was probably, Thanks. that was like, I am petitioning that we put a regular person in each Olympic event so we can really see how oh, big, yeah. I feel like your candidacy is sort of similar. Like you're a person who is pretty regular and you have a lot of questions. And so you Fictitious should be able candidacy. to be on the stage to ask the questions that everyone else has. Uh, how hard would ask. that be? How hard would it be to like actually get on the debate stage? Somewhere a super PAC for you has already formed. As soon as you <laughs> said I would run for office, they're like, Cause, uh, well, cause I'm thinking like Michael Malice on the debate stage would be way better. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like, you'd be more interesting. I don't know. I'd probably just get really angry and start complaining about stuff and be like, y'all aren't doing anything. No one's doing anything. It's so stupid. And all of the public watching would be like, I'm going to vote for that guy. I feel Ugh, that way yeah. too. I hope not. I just feel like I'm sure you'd be a wonderful president, but I don't think you'd want to be because- I wouldn't be a wonderful you, president. You, I mean- I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do the job. I'd do nothing. I feel like people forget that- <laughs> That might like, actually make you good. You're like the Juan Swanson character from uh, Parks and Rec. He's no, like, yeah. the, the greatest, you know, the greatest government employee just sits around and does nothing. Uh, you know what I would do? I would live stream 24-7 everything that's not classified. And then 
any meeting that was classified, I would come out afterwards and just be like, they gave me a bunch of BS classified justifications that didn't justify anything. So, you know, they were like, we should go to war in another country. And I was like, well, that's dumb. I don't know, man. I, I think the reality is people don't want a real, a real president to do the things they really want to happen because the end result would be the end of the petrodollar and then people's lives would get substantially worse. Yeah. So you get a deep state that just says, who cares what they say they want? Their lives are better so long as we're the system, you know, in controlling the petrodollar. But well, let's do this. We're going to go to the members only portion of the show live over at TimCast.com. So go to TimCast.com, click join us, become a member. And then in about 10 or so minutes, we will have up on the front page, the uncensored live show. You can click it and you can watch. Then once that live portion wraps, it will be archived forever. So you can watch it in the library if you don't miss it, if, if you don't see it tonight. But it uh, should be fun. We're slowly building out the new members-only live system, so bear with us. But we got some really fun and funny stuff to talk about. We'll talk more about what we could do to disrupt and, and, and change the conversation in politics. So smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Aldo, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, yeah, just follow me on my socials at Aldo Budazoni. Um, I'm actually working on a, a cool new show right now called The Young Entrepreneur Show. Going to be going to different cities around the U.S. and showcasing young entrepreneurs and their products, asking them how they did it. So if you're between the ages of like 14 or 23 and you feel like you got a cool business and a cool product, hit my DMs. Let me know what you got going on and uh, maybe you'll be featured, but follow me. That's cool. I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. You should follow at TimCastNews on Instagram and Twitter. It's the best. You can follow me personally on Instagram at HannahClaire.B and on Twitter at HCBrimlow. Thanks so much. I am Phil Labonte. Uh, the band is All That Remains. I am Phil That Remains on Twitter. I am Phil That Remains official on Instagram and uh, my man Serge. Yeah, I am at Serge.com. Still trying to get this mixture dialed in. So follow me on Twitter. It sounded good last night. Hey, thanks, man. All right, everybody. We will see you over at TimCast.com in about five or so minutes. So uh, stick around and we'll see y'all there. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.